This is the Horrible Podcast with your hosts, Andy Foster and Lucas Peterson. Totally not a robot. I like that. Yeah, I guess we're gonna drink the beer, right? <laughs> well, you've uh, you've got a reason for this beer. So. Yes, yes. Okay. So I picked us these. It is the Abita Strawberry Lager. And why are we drinking the Strawberry Lager? Now, before any of these elitists come out and shit on us for drinking a strawberry flavored beer, I will say I picked it because Abita is made just outside of New Orleans. Which ties in precisely to the movie that we're talking about today. What is that movie? And that is The Beyond <laughs> by Lucio Fulci, a utter fucking classic right. and a personal favorite of mine. Take your instant. Yeah. Oh, here uh, we go. Go for it. Go for it. All right. I'm going to join you Yeah. right here. <laughs> join everyone else. I'm cracking their beer Crack out there. Beer. Yep. Oh, man. I couldn't do that. Yeah. I'm kind of a wimp, so. Now, I won't say I, I picked this flavor-wise to compare to the movie uh, because, I mean, I guess you could say strawberries, blood Lots red, blood. you know. Yeah, we got a lot of gore, a lot of blood. Yes. Um, so you could say that. But I picked this, uh, actually, at the store. I was looking for another Abita, like something, anything else. Uh, but this is the only one they had, which That's is great. I, I love it. I used to drink it all the time. Um, as you know, I uh, went to school in Louisiana, in New Orleans specifically, and um, it would always get put out around the same time as crawfish season. And so okay. you get crawfish, get a bit of strawberry. It's, it's pretty good. Fucking heaven. That Bliss. is A-B-I-T-A for yep. anyone who wants to go try to find this. Yep. And then the normal spelling of strawberry mm-hmm. and the normal spelling of lager. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, so the movie on tap for this one is... Is The Beyond. The Beyond. The Beyond. The Beyond. Yes. So, yes. okay, are you wanting my overall initial impression, or how are we starting this, sir? Maybe we'll start with the synopsis first, right? Okay. Okay, so uh, The Beyond is uh, directed by Lucio Fulci, who had a very um, uh, very long career, we'll say that, within filmmaking. Uh He's done a little bit of everything. He's done comedy. He's done spaghetti westerns. He's done uh, giallo, which um, for anybody who doesn't know what giallo is, yourself included, I don't think we talked about it last time. Uh, But giallo are basically just Italian crime mystery movies. Um, Okay. Sometimes have more gore than you'd expect, which is, you know, that's great for me. I I love that. But um, uh, and this is a part of his Gates of Hell trilogy. And um, it's actually, which one is it? Is it the middle? No, it's, I think it's the final one. I'll have to go this is one. the but final? Yeah, of, of the trilogy. Okay. The Gates of Hell trilogy. And they're not, it's not like, um, you know, it's not like Lord of the Rings that they're continuous gotcha. films. It's, it's, uh, they're all standalone films, but they all tie into, you know, basically um zombies being released uh, a gate of hell being open that sort of thing but in a hotel yes <laughs> within a hotel well okay <laughs> in New Orleans. a little too far maybe <laughs> the, so the synopsis i i have here is a uh, woman inherits a hotel in louisiana from a distant relative and in fixing it out uh, finds out that there's more lying underneath the hotel than meets the eye that's yeah. So that's the very pretty good description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Top <laughs> surface level uh, details on the the movie itself. But essentially, what what happens is, um, yeah, spoiler alert, 
from this part, yeah, this part on. If you're listening and you haven't watched it and you know, you feel like you want to watch it to stay on tabs with us, or if you just like hearing our smooth, buttery voices, <laughs> then <laughs> then by all means, keep listening. <laughs> if not, go watch the movie, come back, and you're not going to hate it. It's an it's an amazing movie. Um, well, I, well, we'll see if you hate it. <laughs> Hate's a strong word. Um, and, but what happens uh, specifically is Liza is the um, female protagonist that inherits this hotel from her rich real estate uh, invested uncle uh, in Louisiana, uh, specifically outside of the New Orleans area. And actually, I have some history about where it's at, which is uh, I'm sure we'll talk about later. But um, her and Dr. John McCabe, who is a doctor that shows up, uh, um, you know, probably about what, 20 minutes in the film or so, um, after man hurts himself on their property, uh, they become really Joe. vested. Yes. Oh, actually, well, Joe, yes. Oh, wait, no, Joe's no, no, not no. the painter, Joe's the plumber. Yes. But Joe yes. has a okay. very, a very solid part with him. The painter <laughs> falls off because they're having a, well, no. They walk up to the house and are having a conversation about doing renovations. Mm -hmm. And then she says something about wanting to lay out or he says something about that. And then she was just like, I don't know, like do what you can do or I don't know, something along those lines. Now, well, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about all that in general. But Lucio Fulci at the time did not speak English um, I, well, I think he spoke a little bit, but not very much. And so he did have to direct a lot within his native language. Okay. Right. And have it translated to the other actors. Um, it's a mix, uh, same as like Cannibal Holocaust. It's a bit of a mix of, uh, you know, Italian actors. And then, um, the dubbing know, was actors. very <laughs> prominent <laughs> once again. I did tell you, right. Dubbing is going to be something we're going to run into a lot. Yes. Especially with the Italian ones. It's so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I just... Don't like it, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you I get got, used to it. Yeah, I got used to it, like, you know, mm-hmm. 25, 30 minutes into it. But I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. And yeah. I, they're acting. You feel like, quite honestly, and this is, you know, a very harsh critique. But obviously, is it the same actors doing the dubbing that acted out the scenes? That would seem like a lot of time. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so either. In some cases, they'll have them actually speak in their native language on set and uh-huh. then dub over that later. So I would assume if they could speak the language, they'd probably just speak the language and then dub dub over again. Um, but well, these the people part, were speaking English. Yeah. they were. Sp- I mean, you could read their lips. The lips, <laughs> the lips do line up pretty well, but yeah. it could be that maybe they got more of a dialect. On top of that, there was a big trend in, in Americanizing a lot, of, a lot of, you know, these Italian films for that broader market. Okay. And if you do hear one of the two pooches in the background say hello, don't worry. They're just joining us, too, <laughs> here in here in Plano, Texas. Yeah, They, they didn't watch the movie. They're not no. old enough. We, we didn't subject them to that. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't PG-13. It's R. Um, this movie was rated R? Yes. Did it pass the... Yes. Okay. Now that's that's really interesting. What we caught, uh, I'm I'm pretty certain, is probably the unrated cut. Um, there's a lot behind that as well. In that, uh, when it was originally released, it had a completely different name. It's uh, the Seven Doors of Hell. And so they switched We're it from. Ahead, so I gotta, I gotta. No, no problem. Right. They would have switched it from 
The Seven Doors of Hell to the Beyond. Seven Doors of Death. Seven Doors of Death. Yes. But uh, the Seven Doors of Death is uh, the title that they gave it just for the American release. So the distributor that picked it up, uh, you know, here in the U.S., cut out, I think it's about five to six minutes. So I don't know specifically what parts they cut out, uh, but I did read that they did that in order to... Uh, make sure it got that R rating. Okay. Um, on top of that, they totally replaced Fabio Fritzi's, uh score for the film. They totally replaced it. I haven't watched the copy that has the replaced film, although I'm super curious because Fabio Fritzi's score, fantastic. Makes the movie for me uh, super tense. Uh, and I'm a little biased, I guess, because I actually I caught Fabio Fritzi live last year and he played the soundtrack to the movie live. They had the movie in the background, and he plays the score with his band, and then after he played a couple other songs that he's that he's. Well, that's cool. Himself. Where'd you get that at? Uh, Gas Monkey. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, right here in Dallas? Yeah. Cool. I was uh, uh, one out of probably 20 people in the crowd for... <laughs> <laughs> Big turnout. Yeah. <laughs> On I, a I Tuesday guess, night. <laughs> yeah. And, man, you look at the, you look at the people that, that are there, and I was... Actually, the guy at the door stopped me because he thought I was too young. Because I was wearing the same shirt, you know, those horror shirts with some with Japanese. the screen face and yeah. big Japanese red lettering. Japanese writing on it. And he said, I think you're a little too young for this. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm <laughs> 30. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then I go in and see all the, all the people there. It was definitely more uh, on the upper side of the age demographic, which. Gotcha. Even for you as well, my my boomer consumer over here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm on the edge of the boomer consumer, I guess. No. Yes, maybe we don't talk about ages. We don't want to age. I don't ourselves. give a shit. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> well, I guess we're wrapping up the synopsis in general. Um, so it's Liza and Dr. McCabe. They discover that the hotel is specifically a gateway to hell. And that there are seven other gates, although we never see the other gates. Uh, we just know that this hotel specifically is built on one. Okay. So... And they they get into that real quickly because the whoever that demon person is right in the beginning that gets covered in dental paste, mm. which is what it looked like to yeah. me. I'm like, oh no, they're <laughs> gonna give him braces, <laughs> but they're gonna splatter him with it. Yeah, that's not very nice. No, that's no, that's great. Uh, yeah, jumping on in that it sets the tone off the bat for what you're about to ride is the gore, you know, horror coaster. Yeah. <laughs> that is Lucio Fulci. Actually, he uh, is actually known as the godfather of gore because he just, he does it so well. That's fantastic. I mean, as, as you saw sitting through the whole film. And again, we got to qualify it because it was 1981. Mm. So the idea of gore at the time Mm-hmm. would have been much different than our effects today. Obviously, the, he w- you could tell he was trying. The director, whoever's making the movie, is trying to make it mm-hmm. as gory as possible because you've got, I don't know, what, like three or four eyes that get poked out oh, yeah. <laughs> during the whole <laughs> film. One of them gets ripped out uh-huh. by a finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like just a few minutes in. And then the... The right at the beginning, the chains on the flesh, and then like oh, yeah. the zoom in to the blood squirting out and of this gaping wound mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. guy's chest, and I'm like, okay, I'm, we're, we're gonna get there. 
Uh, I'm so glad you bring that up too, because directing style, he uses a lot of slow panning, and then he does uh, these snap zooms, right? So yes. it's a big, wide, wide lens, and then you know some chains hit some flesh, and then snap zoom right on yeah. into that, and then you watch the blood spurt out. It's a couple of things that I think he does really fantastic. Is you know the emphasis on the gore and the blood is it's. It's fun to watch, and then uh, the eye gouging is pretty. It's a pretty common theme for Fulci's movies. Okay, uh, so rest assured, we're going to see a bunch more of them when we go through the rest of his movies. <laughs> <laughs> he takes the lady's head at one point, and she's just slowly backing and showing the nail in the back, and she's getting closer and closer, and then pushes her right through her head through, and the nail comes straight out her eye, yeah. like the demon thing was literally trying to aim for that. Aim for it, yeah, pop her eyeball yeah. right out. Uh, and that's one great thing about it is all practical effects, right? Obviously, 80s prior to, you know, CGI that you know popped up pretty prevalent in the 90s, right? So all practical effects uh, had, uh, you know, fantastic special effects team that really uh, – honestly make a lot of it look pretty seamless so i guess going back all right so we go back if we go back to the start right uh so the beginning it's set where uh, the townspeople show up at the hotel and this is uh what late late 1800s i think is, is i don't know part if they, of the setting yeah i don't early 1900s maybe i didn't see a year mm-hmm. but you can tell it's you know by the clothing and the mode of travel yeah. i guess they, they're like on canoes or mm-hmm. kayaks or something and they just mm-hmm. you know get out of there and walk to this hotel you can tell it's a time ago right the clothing is is what gave it away for me because they're like wearing these loose puffy white shirts the men are that are halfway open in these weird pants but yeah, yeah so it's got to be like 1800s maybe early 1900s but yes yeah, i think that's the case uh but they show up and then we've got this one patron of the hotel that happens to be painting a very vivid painting of what eventually turns out to be the afterworld, right? Is, yeah. is hell yeah. specifically. Um, and then, uh, right, we, we see the pan onto the Ibon, right? And Emily, who shows up later in the film, is actually sitting there reading the book as the townspeople rush in to, you know, kill the warlock or, you know, the, I think they call They him call him a warlock, yeah. Warlock, right? Yeah. He's the guy that gets beaten with the chains and... Yeah. Chains. And then, you know, plastered with dental. Yeah, the dental. It's <laughs> <laughs> what it looked like. I'm like, what are they throwing at him? Why well, would that hurt? The best with that scene, too, is uh, so, uh, right, they've uh, got him down in the basement. They've actually uh, nailed him to the wall specifically. And the idea of the scene is that they're throwing acid on him to yes. you know, melt his skin. Uh, but it's in this larger bowl and they take a smaller bowl and they dip their hands basically right into the acid too and then they toss it on them so you're like how have you not destroyed your own fingers in i did not catch that yeah it's okay maybe i watched it too many times (laughs) (laughs) no how many times have you seen it let's uh probably about 10 i think i'd say 10 times uh, probably give it two or three in, in preparation for this is two okay. as well. So, and then, like I mentioned, I saw it live, played with Fabio Fritzi, you know, actually playing the score live, which was really cool. Um, and when did you first, like, w- when did you first get into this movie? When did this come on your want to watch or must watch? This one was probably about a year ago now. That's um, it? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're I, behind. 
always been a big fan of Dario Argento, who is, you know, pretty notorious, right? He's the most notorious probably of, of the Italian horror directors um, just because he had hit after hit after hit, you know, some great ones. And we're, we'll watch those later too, so don't worry. We'll watch, you know, Suspiria and Deep Red. You know, some of those other – they're definitely much more conventional. Um, and I never really watched Lucio Fulci, uh, his films before, and somebody recommended uh, recommended it basically saying he was the, you know, the gorier version of, of Argento. And so I, okay. you know, uh, went and followed up from there. And actually the other ones from the Gates of Hell trilogy, we'll maybe dive into that a little bit. It's, um, it goes zombie, uh, city of the living dead, and then the beyond. I think that's right. Okay. No need to edit me later. I guess if if I'm wrong, <laughs> somebody will correct me. Yeah, no, you'll get you'll get corrected. I'll get corrected. Um, but uh, my favorite out of the three is actually City of the Living Dead. It's you know amped up to eleven. It's it's fantastic. And then with this one, he went much more surrealist and more cerebral. I sure. guess I'd say, um, which I'm sure you probably picked up on in that you know. A lot of the critics claim that the movie did not make sense. And no. <laughs> okay, good. I wasn't just the only one. I was like, uh, I'm like 45 minutes into this movie, and I don't really know what's happening. And I've been trying to pay attention. It takes a lot of watches. I think it takes – well, maybe not a lot of watches. I think about I, – I, I loved it first watch because of the gore. I could definitely say it was tough to follow. Um, second time, you pick up a little bit more. Third time, I was like, this is favorite movie you know, of all time. Well, outside of City of the Living Dead. But, <laughs> this um, is your favorite movie of all time? No, okay. Maybe I was being uh, – <laughs> I was exaggerating a little bit there, too. There's a, there's a lot I like. But this is, this is uh, definitely high up there. And, you know, some things that I thought were pretty interesting. One um, one that I found uh, – piece that I found while researching this that I thought you'd like a lot is I found Rolling Stone did a piece on horror – scores right scores for horror movies uh -huh. and then rank them out and i actually got a lot of um uh, reviewers celebrity reviewers that have either done horror scores before uh, uh actually the guy who owns waxwork records which um actually do vinyl pressings of a lot of horror uh, horror films and then even some members like um rolling stone ranked this the 11th best horror score of all time and uh be excited to see what you say later. But uh, the panel that they used in picking this, actually a couple of members from um, Survive. Actually, I think it was all the members. I think it was all the members of Sur Survive. And um, you've seen Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they did the score for Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Uh, then Mike Patton of Faith No More. Okay. Which, that's Boomer Band. I think yeah, you, you got to know Faith band. No More. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you may not know, but Jonathan Snipes from Clipping, who was a um, – existential like uh, um, uh, experimental hip-hop group okay uh, but uh, they both have done some recent scores on some horror films as well and so they brought them in to actually you know do the reviews and then make the selections on what makes the rankings and it, it got 11th guess what made fifth uh i don't know what score made fifth you, you can't guess boom. yeah boom <laughs> boom cannibal holocaust cannibal holocaust that Riz was above Otelani. wow so if we're going to keep down that path, what was number one? Uh, the Shining? No. Or Exorcist? No. I would think they'd go with, but I mean, they'd be 
I think it was The Exorcist. Prejudicial to, you know, something that was more mainstream, I would say. Something mm-hmm. that had more, like, box office, world-renowned yeah. kind of success. Yeah, like a like a John Williams of horror. Like, yeah. yeah. The interesting thing about that would be is if you could uh, have the judges be completely blind mm-hmm. to what the movie was mm-hmm. and not have... Well, and, and I'd want to know what was affecting that. It's not just the movie then. Or, I'm sorry, it's not just the sound. It's the sound interspersed with the movie and the way in which the composer is using the sound throughout to, you know, emote, to kind of capture and maybe stir an audience one way or stir an audience the other way or just still uh, an audience or, you know, take that anxiety and push push it further. Yeah, I will say I have the score myself on vinyl. I absolutely love it. It's great. And I actually had Fabio Fritzi sign it when I went to go see him live. Um, but, you know, not everybody just collects scores from, from movies. That's, that's <laughs> not happening. But, um, you know, it, just it, is, it is obviously part of the art, right? It is it, The music yeah. ties into the film and creates an emotion. Uh, and I think Fritzi's score does that really well. I mean, you get the... Yeah, the piano, the um, right in the beginning, the piano notes, and then I think at one point the whatever her name was with the weird contacts on mm-hmm. and the possessed eyes mm-hmm. is sitting there playing the piano, and then the other lady is just sitting on the couch, and it's such an awkward scene because yeah, the, <laughs> the music's on and you can't tell if she's really playing. So I was like, is she playing that? Is she yeah. supposed to be playing that? And then the other person is just like awkwardly sitting there, yeah. and then I don't even I don't even remember what happens because I got too hung up on yeah. whatever the hell was going on with the music. But yeah, yeah, the best is like they had just walked in that house too, right? She just yes. followed her in the house, and you're like, oh, now you just sit on the couch, and she just wants to play some piano for you. And that's it's like spooky, eerie. <laughs> yes, and then that's where she starts to tell her, you need to get out of here. You need to listen, or you know, yeah. you're doomed. There is no saving you. And then the blonde girl from New York City says, I'm from New York City. Mm. I am tough. And (laughs) this is a great opportunity for me. I've just inherited this wonderful, horribly looking, run-down hotel. But I'm going to make this amazing. Okay. All right. Don't talk (laughs) shit about the hotel. (laughs) It's actually a historical uh, house in Louisiana. But it was, I mean... Yeah, that bathtub was not anywhere near condition oh, yeah. for, uh, oh. you know. Well, we were recording this one at at my apartment. You want to go check out my bathtub? <laughs> I mean, it's, it looks pretty similar. I feel attacked. You're Shut attacking up. me now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your bathtub is filled with a black muck black. in which you reach your the lady reaches her bare hand in yeah. and pulls pulls out what looks like fucking my back hair leaves. <laughs> <laughs> leaves and dirt and then just like tosses uh, it aside ah! uh, you know i got the drain out yeah. and then we get to meet joe the plumber again oh, yeah he, joe comes back well uh she uh, then loses her eye yes you know which circle right back to that absolutely fantastic lesson scene. learned Don't so great stick your damn hand in a black bathtub <laughs> <laughs> a bathtub full of black water yeah, yeah. do they have black bathtubs uh, are they always white yeah i'll say yeah, it's Pretty, I mean, that's what I see. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm used to. I don't know if I've ever seen like a black ceramic or black marble. 
I mean, I'm not. I mean, you'd think that somebody would have something like that. I mean, yeah. it's like having a white car and having to clean it all the time because it gets dirty so quickly. And then having a black car, you're like, I don't ever have to clean it. I want a black and tub. A black I tub? just want a black tub yeah. now. Yeah. Well, I don't know about some dirty shit you're doing in your <laughs> tub, buddy. <Is> that <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that tub. <laughs> I don't have any leaves. <laughs> uh, um, well, I guess going into – uh, Fulci's style a little bit more. So as we mentioned, he's the godfather of gore. Uh, but before we're getting into horror, he made a lot of giallo films. Like I mentioned, you know, those Italian mystery crime, crime movies. And I thought you might find this interesting. So when he was working on um, uh, it, a film just before he really started getting into the horror specifically, it's a, a lizard and woman's skin is what the, the movie's called. So you obviously you got to know it's, it's a fun one there. A lizard in woman's skin. Yeah. Okay. A lizard in woman's skin. Uh, so he's directed fifty-five movies. So let's not let's not get judgy or nitpicky <laughs> on titles. <laughs> That's the after, point here. After ten, I'm That's sure titles point. are pretty tough to pick <laughs> he, out. Does he leave that to somebody else? <laughs> Maybe. You know. I don't know. <laughs> now, admittedly, I haven't seen that one, but I did read uh, that I thought might be uh, pretty interesting for you. But um, did feature some really realistic-looking um, mutilated dogs. Oh, we don't uh, want that. And mm-hmm. just like Cannibal Holocaust, uh, he was dragged into the Italian courts for animal abuse until he's actually able to provide the puppets that they used uh, in making that scene. Uh, so I think, you know, the Italian courts are just kind of, you know. Uh, Overprotective of animals, arrest Andy. Happy. No. <laughs> Charge happy. <laughs> we will Maybe. say they are overprotective of our four-legged or four-pod. Yeah. Or sea bearing or river bearing yeah. creatures. That's true. Or That's tree true. climbing true. shit. The monkey. Although with Cannibal Holocaust, they charged him for. Uh, they charged um, Ruggiero for the murder of his crew and all that. They yeah. didn't really seem to care about <laughs> the <laughs> care about the turtle. <laughs> Maybe it's when you reach that threshold of potentially murdering your cast. That yeah, they're just like the, the animal abuse. No big deal. Yeah, Whatever. at that point, it's a lesser included charge. Yeah. You know, yeah. right? That's what they. That's what they arrest you on while they build a case. Correct. Right? Like tax evasion, or yep. you know. <laughs> yeah. Now you're going a whole new route. Uh-huh. Hey, don't be uh, stereotyping the Italians there. Yeah. Into the mob types. Come on now. Oh. Come on now. Oh, I wasn't even thinking of that. I apologize <laughs> to uh, the Cuomo brothers because I know they're very particular about the Cuomo brothers. <laughs> Gosh, I think we ventured down a weird path. Yeah, yeah, maybe this we don't whole. talk politics. This <laughs> <way>. <laughs> um, so you said that this one, you you not necessarily got lost, but you had a tough time picking out what it, what it was specifically, what the plot line was. Yeah, and a lot of that is probably because I get lost in the dubbing, and the dubbing just makes the acting so bad. Mm. Because it's like, wait, that's clearly not what that person... Uh, well, I mean, it was what they said, yeah. but it wasn't that person saying it. It And the inflection is just not there. Mm. You know, when you're, uh, the, the mouth is moving, they're like, oh, no, they went to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you can't, you can't really become as engrossed in it and get caught up in it because you're just... I don't know. It's so on its surface level. It's like, I don't know what these people are thinking yeah. and feeling because 
I'm not getting their inflections. Yeah. You know, it's. I can't wait until we get to episode 100, and you're like, I can't watch movies without the dub now. <laughs> like I, I'm so used to these Italian dubs <laughs> that I'm no. not used to it. Yeah, I don't know why it was so so common, so prevalent within it. Um, I think it was probably just easier, like I said, to, to have them speak in their own language, and then just dub over it versus actually having to teach you know english or yeah or yeah have to worry about their accents that sort of thing and it i mean let's be honest if you had you know whoever it was talking on there and their italian accent mm-hmm. and you couldn't hear them or not hear them you couldn't understand them that's obviously a lot worse yeah like than the over or underacted line being thrown in later by you know joe schmo off the street in a sound mm-hmm. booth yeah. There must be a big industry for that, or there must have been at the time. Mm-hmm. Here, do you want to read this script for these lines? But don't worry. We're not going to tell you what's happening in the movie. You're yeah. just going to read you just, this. You just read it. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It's like they're not there. Mm-hmm. It's like the character is there. You're watching them. Your visual is seeing them there, but the voice inflection is yeah. just, it's its not there. I think uh, it's got to be, I feel like it's the, the decade itself or, you know, around yeah. the time that's produced. Because if you go back and you watch some, like, there are a lot of really bad dubs on old anime. Like, it's, uh, and then even on top of that, right, some more modernized anime and, like, you know, um, 90s or, or the early thousands still have some pretty bad dubs on it. So, <laughs> so it's got to be, I think it's either time frame or, you know, lack of effort maybe in some of the, you know, productions, you know, getting pushed out. But like I said, I've gotten so used to watching them now that I'm, I'm just, you know, it's normal. It does it for <laughs> you. Fine. I find Fair it kind of endearing, honestly. Okay. Like it's, it's endearing in, in some places. But, no, I loved uh, all that. Uh, actually, what was pretty, which is, I, I thought it was a pretty great description, was that uh, the Beyond is an advanced fever dream. Uh, you know, anybody listening, you can't see the air quotes, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> advanced fever dream. And a lot of critics really suggest that this was just an excuse for Fulci uh, to set up uh, some really gruesome and disgusting scenes and then run with it. What I, I read, though, is that. Yeah. You know, Fulci uh, wanted to toy around with the idea of the surrealism of what would happen if you were to open a gate. Like, he'd done, you know, the zombie movies previously. Actually, in this one, he didn't really want to do zombies uh, so much, uh, but the studios really pushed for that because zombies were all the rage at the time, right? You've got, you know, Romero... Uh, you've got all these zombie movies coming out uh, that they were really pushing him to add some some zombies in it. So he actually went back, rewrote it, and put zombies in. So that whole, you know, ending with the the zombies in the in the, in the hospital, hospital, yeah, that was you know that was weird. Like that's the and obviously it was it was a little bit. Uh, it didn't seem to play into the whole storyline. So that makes a little bit more sense now because it was like, wait, hold on. Now these people are coming to life, but they didn't all come to life because the dude on the table at one point, I don't know, just like hurt somebody, but he didn't even get up. Mm-hmm. I felt I felt like, but I could be wrong. The two doctors came in there. Yeah. One of them wanted to use his fancy machine. The oscilloscope. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. What the hell was it? What's an oscilloscope? Uh, well, either, I think he... He straps it to his brain to uh, test oh, yes, brain you're activity. Right. And the best is 
you know, I, I actually read a lot of reviews that, uh, and I'm talking critic reviews, not, not talking user reviews that, you know, I'm talking about critic reviews, especially ones that came out, um, you know, at the time saying, why in the hell would you strap, you know, an oscilloscope onto a corpse that's been <laughs> dead for how, God knows how long, because yeah. it's very deteriorated. But uh, I'll admit, it, after you watch it a couple times, they really set it up. Um, you know, they say that the body um, is in good shape for, for not six having. Years. Was it six years? Yeah. I thought it was longer than that. No, he says no. six years. And then I was mistaken. like, <laughs> <laughs> like wait, hold on. Six years? That other shit was way more than six years ago. Yeah. So the corpse is actually supposed to be uh, the corpse of the main, uh, the, the main guy at the very beginning. So six yeah. years and then six that, years does not. No, I mean it is the. I thought it is the guy. It yeah, is, is Mister uh, Dental pl- Plaster mm-hmm. all over him. I th- I'm pretty sure that's him. Yeah, mm-hmm. because Supposed he. Be yeah. Yeah, because he's got the symbol of the Ibon. Yes, the that the too. Ibon. There's the other. But yeah, I don't know where they get the six years from. Yeah. But that was another part again where I was like, wait, that dude, more than six years passed since that guy got plastered. Yeah. Yeah, uh, set that s- up. something's wrong here. But yes, so then they set him up with this freaking machine on his, you know, brain waves, mm-hmm. and the, <laughs> the one doctor is like, "Well, I-, I think we need to open him up to see what's inside him, or something like that. We need to examine his stomach contents, uh, something along those lines." And the other doctor's like, "Well, we can use this machine." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he goes through hooking him up or whatever, and the other guy's like, "You know what?" I'm out of here. Yeah. I'll be back to do the real autopsy. Yeah. And he just leaves. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know where he went. Did he ever come back in the movie? Um, I thought it was Dr. John, but it may not be. Well, Maybe it's not Harris because Harris comes back. Mm-hmm. Harris is the guy that gets killed at the end by the wind with two glass shards that mm-hmm. this breeze of wind yeah. that, <laughs> <laughs> that blows him against the wall and he gets killed by two glass shards in his face. <laughs> oh my gosh. I laughed pretty good at that one. Yeah. So, uh well with that let's I, I guess we'll hop into that whole scene there. That that scene is another one that I think is is fantastic. So, um what I assume you're talking about is um Joe's wife, right? Joe the plumber's wife. So Joe has um Actually, I think we skipped over Joe's Joe's part as well. So, um, so we've got the initial murder right set, what a hundred years yeah, yeah. in the past, right? Um, uh, and uh, they're having an irrigation problem. So all of it's set in the in the basement of this hotel. When you go down into the basement, it's absolutely flooded. Liza sets it up by saying, uh, "I need a plumber." I think she asked Martha, you yeah, know, who's a good plumber, and so they called Joe the plumber. <laughs> just aptly named Joe the plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking just the most generic <laughs> bullshit ass name for for a plumber. But Joe the plumber, and as he's led down into the basement, right, he goes to the wall. He ends up knocking out a piece of it. And actually, one of my, I think, what totally underrated part is as the water, you know, trickles over the brick, it starts to kind of melt away. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you're wor- watching it through that hole. Mm. I think that's one thing Fulci does great as well. Is he he lets those shots linger, and he puts a lot of effort into the effects on it, the the practical effects. So I I absolutely love just sitting there watching, uh, an eye gouging or tarantulas bite the fuck out of you know your face. <laughs> oh no, that that's another <laughs> scene we're coming to. But yeah, we'll come to that one. But um, so as he's down there, he comes across 
the body, right, of the original guy killed early in the movie. Um, and uh, Plaster ends guy. Up, yeah, ends up getting killed himself as well, which is another pretty gruesome one. Well, because Joe gets his eyes gouged out. Yes. he get, Well, I guess he. we know he gets one eye gouged out. We see him get the one eye pulled out, his later. right eye. And then later he's eyeless in the other one too because I was like, wait, they made a mistake. But then yeah. you see that both of them are are gone so yes poor joe and then uh, you know we we know that it's the original character at the very beginning that's that's killed that he stumbles upon because he's still in that basement when we're watching you know the very opening scenes actually pretty great um when they crucify him up against the wall actually um uh, i mean i'd love to know what your thoughts are on that crucif that crucifixion it was pretty did you did you feel like it was pretty seamless, pretty realistic looking? Yeah, yeah. The, like when they're nailing his arms, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, what is happening here?" Because this is this is starting down a different kind That's of path <laughs> than I thought we were going to go. Where's the cross? But yeah. because they're just nailing this guy to the wall, yeah. and they nailed him beneath the wrist, which yeah. is so it's not the stigmata. It's no, the, not yeah. the stigmata, but you know how they probably say people were actually crucified. Oh, really? Not in the hands? No, because you'd nail them beneath the wrist so that you know when they're when they're hanging there if you nail some if you nail the middle of your hand i mean there's no bone there there's it's just going to rip out eventually so if you nail someone right beneath that wrist that bone there then you got the bone at the wrist mm -hmm. although you do have the bones up here but there's no crossbone yeah but it'll go right through it'll come down the palm right yeah but i mean you think about it if it's in the middle of your hand it's going to be in the middle of those phalanges is that what they are I think the flanges are actually the fingers. Oh, well, look I at us going back to to med classes and <laughs> <laughs> But in any yeah, so they actually did it beneath. You know, I think this is the I, I can't remember the name of this bone, wrist bone, whatever. But in between the two bones, the ulna and other yeah. arm bone. <laughs> I, I brushed up on the movie. I, know. I didn't brush up on, uh, I didn't break out the anatomy books. Neither one of us work in healthcare or anywhere Actually, near Actually, I, I, I studied and I was going to be a doctor freshman year and I, and this is and I got weeded what out, it came so. to. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> this is what ended up. Watching bullshit horror movies and yeah. talking about them. But yeah, okay, so they, they put them up against the wall and, and. How do you think they did that? Do you do you do you have a guess on how they how they shot that? No, mm. no, but it it would be yeah. Please I'm curious. So, Tell me. Uh, it's actually pretty obvious, but I love how realistic it looks. Like it it looks so realistic. But so there's a cutout where his arms at the shoulder go behind the wall, and they had false forearms, right? Uh, so that you know when they actually nail through, they're nailing through that false forearm. But ah. there's a whole cut at the end, so that he could bring his hands back through, and move it as if it were realistic, right? So that probably explains why they didn't do it through the hands, which would be you know stigmata, all that, yeah, uh, and why they did it through the falsy, <laughs> falsy, falsy, <laughs> oh, false, false forearms, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, the the um, whatever plaster yeah. kind of materials they would have used i mean it looked real it looked legitimate i mean yeah for what it was for practical effects uh, i'll harp on it uh probably a bunch as we go through this you know podcast but <laughs> i think practical effects from the 80s hold up so much better especially than like early cgi from the 90s yeah you go back and you watch like mimic or uh, for me specifically mimic because that's like mimic. one that i remember hmm. 
had Josh Brolin, and it's a Guillermo del Toro movie. It's about mm. giant cockroaches in the in the sewers of New York. I don't know that one no either. Yeah. Damn it, no. Uh, but it's yeah, the CGI does not hold up. So no, that's the don't thing. Even yeah. Worry about it. <laughs> yeah. What? Watch something else the other day, and the it was an older movie like that. I think it was late '80s, and there was some. Uh, CGI person like moving around they were supposed to be like this invisible person they were like moving around and it was like it, it was so bad it looked like the video game of the the tracing you know because you saw the do, 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 you know like <laughs> different effects of them moving it was just it was really bad yeah. but yeah, that's why I'll, I'll I'll speak to you know practical effects of like Rick Baker and, and all yeah, those guys yeah. in, the, in the 80s because that is just that was peak practical effects before you get into early stages cgi and then everybody wanted to go into cgi but let's not talk about that too much because i'm sure i could harp on that for an hour and i'm <laughs> pretty certain we talked about it last week too yeah <laughs> we, last, last uh, yeah I, and well you'd have to think in my view at that time and even well maybe even now like the practical effects would have been a lot less expensive mm-hmm. right i mean because yeah, it's probably. literally just makeup um, maybe you have to come up with some kind of contraption like they did here mm. with the arms to make that look like it actually happened. But mm-hmm. when you tar- start talking about getting into you know computer yeah. images, that's that's a lot more work. Especially early CGI. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't imagine like what kind of computer you had to have to render that. At that time, you had to have <laughs> a you had to spend stack on that? of Apple IIe's. <laughs> yeah, right. Now <laughs> you got the guys at home can do that shit themselves. But you can do it on their phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. the phones are more po- powerful. Shit, you than got Soderbergh filming whole movies on his iPhone. Yeah. so you know, it's technology, right? It's yeah, but that's why I, I always, I always love the practical effects and you know movie magic right the way you cut you know and and shoot certain scenes specifically can make it look way way better than early cgi but uh also had uh inside the forearms had some uh, you know um uh, what fake blood that pours out specifically. Yeah. So that's why it looks so realistic. Well, not the blood. The blood looks like cranberry juice coming out. But <laughs> but blood is always one of those things, I think, in any... Oh, there we go. Number two. In any movie, and I've heard this say said about even crime scene type stuff, they have a problem really replicating the true uh, viscosity and exactness of blood for... You know stuff like knife splatters and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's it's not just in movie making. I mean, obviously, you couldn't use real blood, but even um, animal blood, like pig blood, mm-hmm. is not the same as human blood. Man. That's uh, like one of the closest. And um, chimpanzee blood they'll use in some lab testing, but I think there's now rules and regulations against that too. Because where are you getting it from? But it doesn't exactly have the same type of characteristics as human blood. So there's some problems there when you're talking about splatter, uh, droplets, and, you know, patterns of those types of things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, human blood is is yeah. difficult. We they are unique. Should have just stuck with the Italian style of, like, practically acrylic paint, bright red acrylic <laughs> paint. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of Argento movies of that bright red acrylic paint looking blood and you're just like, wow, that's that's definitely not a realistic looking blood. But it's yeah. always always fun. It, it, there was a scene in this movie somewhere, uh, I think it's when they're in the morgue and there's supposed to be like this blood spot on the white sheet mm-hmm. and it makes this weird kind of pattern. 
and it's so bright red. You're like, yeah. uh, that's like, like Kool Aid. <laughs> you know, cool. it looked like somebody walked by and spilt their strawberry beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't think this beer is red though. Is no, it? No, I don't think so. I okay. was about to say, but well, you know, I'm not gonna pour it I wasn't going to ruin the 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 mystery for you, but I did. You're going to let me find that mystery later. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When you shit, oh, when you shit red. This this took a turn. No, no. You know, if you do actually shit red, that is really blood. That because would, that's not that's yeah. not colored red. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so be, be careful. Either either end, I would say that's probably not a good sign. Uh, I mean, that's true. Not that's medical true. advice. Can't that's give true. medical advice, but let's just yeah. yeah yeah yeah. We're not a medical podcast. No, we talk about the opposite. The absolute gore. And <laughs> bullshit that is. We just lost a few people. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I guess going back into Joe the plumber, right, which ties poor into Joe. what you're talking about, the whole hospital scene, which, you know, love. Yeah, poor Joe. Eyeball's gone. Yeah, like you said, we, we see him later. Both eyeballs are gone. Um, and then we're talking about the hospital. The, I, I love the hospital scene because I think it's so strange, uh, you know, that they leave. Uh, well, the mortuary, right? They leave Joe. Uh, and no, it is a hospital. Yeah, but, it's, they, they but have that's a, part of the mortuary. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, because they have a scene the where morgue. they yeah. make a point of showing the hospital sign that just says hospital. Yeah. No name, no yeah, saying anything, just <laughs> hospital. <laughs> yeah, uh, somebody, uh, you can really tell which scenes are shot in New Orleans versus what shot, or Louisiana, versus what shot in Rome. They did film at two different locations. It's Louisiana and Rome. The ones, I'm pretty certain all the hospital scenes are shot in Rome uh, because at one point there's a, not only is it the, just says hospital, but there's another sign that says like entry here or like uh, here entry, you know, something like that. That's just very much, you're just like, wow, okay, who who botched that sign? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have somebody spell check the sign or, or, you know. But yeah, so they shot all the hospital scenes from my understanding in in Rome. In Rome. The inside the hospital room. scenes. Okay. Probably, yeah. There wasn't a lot of exterior no, shots. One or two shots of the external. Yeah. Like when they run in yep. and, yeah. But it doesn't really matter. They're when, inside. When know. he drives his, what was that, like an old Oldsmobile 442. Mm-hmm. He, was, somebody was driving that, and I'm like, yeah, that's a cool car. Cutlass Supreme. Yeah. Bring We've now out. swapped to a car podcast. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> was, that's totally relevant. Yeah. And the other lady's got the wagon. Yeah, that's I'm right. Like, well, yeah, she lost that bet. The best is like when they randomly see each other, right? They, he pulls up next yes. to her, and, and then watching again, I was like, wait, haven't they met yet? But that's right. No, he goes. He goes over to her house. Yeah, to to take care of the painter that falls off. So they had. Met. Oh, they had met. Okay, yeah, I'm they sorry. Had met. And that's I thought he was just being a creeper. Again. No, and then he honks at her. And she's like, she waves kind of yeah. back, and I was. Do you know what I noticed about that scene? Is how fucking loud their cars were. <laughs> I'm like, damn, because he can't just, you know, hey, how yeah. are you? Yeah. Nobody's listening to music. They're just driving around with the windows down, yeah. and they stop, and then he's like, rung, rung, rung. it's Louisiana, man. Okay, everybody drives a loud jalopy, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. They're loud because each one of those cars has like, you know. 5.8 V8 in yeah. there or something. I don't know. Uh, so back to our podcast about cars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's forget this horror stuff. Uh, no, and then 
yeah, the next scene they they go and they meet at a bar and they're sitting there talking. I absolutely love the the scenes of New Orleans. When the hell did they go to a bar? You don't remember that? You no. Remember that scene? Yeah, they they meet at the bar to talk and then uh, Doctor John. I love saying Doctor John for this too because Doctor John is. Have you ever heard of Doctor John? No. He's a um, boomer musician from <laughs> uh, from New Orleans. Now he's he's absolutely great. Uh, jazz, uh, jazz kind of musician in. I didn't really listen to him. I just kind of know he was all over the place. And um, but he's from New Orleans or from Louisiana proper. Um, the actor? This no, guy? no, 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 not that guy. Doctor John is an actual artist. If you ever go look him up, he's, oh, he's a okay. fantastic artist. I don't really listen to him uh, myself, but you know what I've heard is great. Um, but the guy's name, the character's name specifically. Let's get the full one here, so I got it. It's uh, Doctor John McCabe. Okay, but I like calling him just Doctor John because it, you know, ties into <laughs> Doctor John. And gotcha. It's all set in New come okay. On, come on, you gotta you gotta keep up with me. I, yeah. You gotta keep how. Uh, two episodes in, I already got to get a new co-host. <laughs> Slams his beer down. Jeez. Um, Sometimes I need a little bit more explanation. Yeah. No. no you no. know. I'm I'm totally. Better, I know. But, um, no. Dear John, I know. Dear John, no, no, yeah. I don't know. Is oh. that is that some Skinamax film? Maybe swapping from maybe horror to yeah, cars we're just now all to over the route. <laughs> you know, porn reviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, next <laughs> time. Yeah, next next podcast. Oh, actually, there are a couple ones out there. There's like Porno Holocaust. That's Joe D'Amato did that one, and that's after Italian mm-hmm. horror movies. <laughs> what would be the uh, porno movie for this one? Uh, I don't know. The, it would be the beyond have, deep. You'd have to oh, beyond the, the deep, deep yeah. beyond <laughs> <laughs> beyond the gape. Oh, there we go. The gapes that one of too. the gapes of. <laughs> oh shit! I got family listening to this later. <laughs> We're just hypothetically speaking. Yeah, right? I don't even know no. what that means. I don't, I don't know. Know. Gape? How do you spell it? Yeah, G A E P E with a little accent on the top. That, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, no, the, I think the hospital scene with Joe the plumber and his family showing up—that's what I wanted to get. Yes, to yes. Was, was kind of ridiculous. Is that they leave and his wife and daughter both show up, and the wife is sad. I mean, she looks sad, but she hasn't been crying, which is I always find so interesting. The daughter looks more somber, but. Uh, then she just goes into the morgue itself, like uh, un- yeah. unrestricted access to to the morgue, and she brings his clothes as if she were, you know, running her own, you know, mortuary. Oh, okay. So there's no context that that's his wife or daughter, the little weird redheaded, whoa, whoa, whoa. long-haired late girl. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> Hey, we she did. was That's red-headed. That's my people. That's my people right there. Don't you, <laughs> you dare. Know? I'm like, uh-oh, there's an evil ginger. <laughs> Context, right? It's yeah. like if you if you say Jew incorrectly, <laughs> that might get you in that's trouble. Uh, yeah, that's a whole nother. Well, I didn't we say she was that. evil. I don't know if I said it right. No, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I didn't say she was. Did I say she was evil? No, know. you just said she Back was it creepy. Up. Was it you, creepy? Uh, yeah, well, she's a little bit, you can tell. Like, yeah. she's, well, I. I don't know. There's just absolutely no context to who these people are. Yeah. And so you don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And then you walk, watch her walk in there. And Got the shirt. Yeah, she 
cut. You know, she just starts him. cutting the shirt, mm-hmm. and then they cut to something else, and then they come back, and he's fully dressed. Yep. And of course, he's laying next to the other uh, yeah. the mummy the dude, original character. Yeah, yeah. the guy that got well, plastered to death with the acid, and then crucified mm-hmm. who's got the brain meter on him and all this time we're watching this brain meter with a few shots but it's not tinging anymore no. it tinged before that when he left before right, she the, came in the the doctor that put it on harris it. yes harris dr harris that's right or, who yeah. does make an appearance later yeah. harris comes back harris mm-hmm. comes back to yep. get you know glass blown in his face mm-hmm. but harris is gone now so now we've got yeah oh, Weird looking lady, free access to this <laughs> strange daughter. To this <laughs> yes, <laughs> who's like, okay, uh, I guess they're there. And then, what does she do? She dresses him, and yeah. he, he doesn't hurt her. Yeah, he doesn't, right? No, 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 no. It's That's when you start to see the pinging come back. Yes. from the oscilloscope. So, original zombie, right? The original character, um, beginning of the film. Yeah, that's when the brain meter starts picking up that that um activity again right and what i know what you said earlier about her not getting attacked it's true she did not get attacked but she freaks out in seeing the oscilloscope go and she falls backwards and lo lo and behold she hits the one cart that's covered in or that that has a big big old jar (laughs) of sulfuric acid on it this acid (laughs) just sitting on the edge of this cart and she must have hit it just perfectly to where, at the time she hit it, it was already midair onto her face and did so much damage in those first 13 drops on her face that she couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it just gushed out all over her and she couldn't, yep. you know. And then uh, daughter, yep. doesn't she yell like mommy or... Y- uh, she yeah, she hears the scream. Yes. And then the rustling. And then she comes inside. And she sees it. And she sees it. Well, I will say, now, the the acid spill itself, I think, is such a fantastic scene, too. It's it's really well done. So it's a lot of cuts of – so you can see it's a lot of interspersed shots of, of her alive and then obviously – you know, I, I say obviously, but, you know, a dummy head, which they crafted and actually used. They made out of clay and wax. So they used real sulfuric acid to melt away parts of the mass, uh, sorry, the wax. And then you get down to the, the clay base at the bottom, which were, I guess, a little bit more of the bright red colors. So it looks like, you know. That's where the red blood. was coming in. Okay, so it wasn't really her underneath there, though. No, uh, but it's mixed back and forth. I'm pretty, you go back and you watch, and there are a couple cuts where it looks like it's her face. Yeah. But with, like sand rubbed on her mouth and then you know blood poured on her face so i think they do a combo of shots of that and then a, uh, you know some of the shots of the real sulfuric acid pouring on that wax face so they do a mold of her face and then you know pour that directly on it and it's great i love that it gives this like foamy kind yes. of blood red foamy kind of atmosphere or like look to it and one of my favorite parts is actually the daughter coming in and seeing it, and then that liquid just drifts yes. right at her feet. <laughs> yep, it's coming to get her. It's like the blob. It looks like the blob, you know, and she's not. Well, the, the other, again, back to context, because I think that's where I, uh, you know, the critics I would agree with, because we don't know that that's acid. Mm-hmm. That the, the, the shot was weird, because, like, she falls, mm-hmm. And you don't actually see her fall. You just see her, like, freak out and kind of go back. Yeah. 
But then the next shot, when you see, when you come back to that room, is the water shaking this uh, liquid. I guess you don't know it's acid. It's literally just in a pitcher. Looks like you could just walk by and, you know, hey, thirsty Louisiana Tuesday morning. Oh, I'm going to take a swig here. Oh, this this is my decanter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. (laughs) Here's my acid decanter. Don't touch that. You put a little bit more New Orleans flair on that. I, yeah, I my decanter. <laughs> there we go. You do it. <laughs> my decanter. That was good. <laughs> Actually, right. you said a little bit more like foghorn leghorn. But <laughs> <laughs> but there's no warning label. Nothing. It's sure. just, you know, uh, we, we just do it old That's school right. here. We don't worry about the details. No, we're, no, we're not. We don't worry about the details. We're not stressing <laughs> about that. Like, don't. nobody's going to be able to yeah. fall underneath this and right. get hurt. Right. That's impossible. Yeah. See it? This was shot before warning labels were put on corrosive acids. And <laughs> yeah, well, then it's like, okay, there was probably the reasoning to that. Mm-hmm. Somebody saw that and went, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. that guy just thought of this thing. This could be dangerous. Although, you could have probably put it on there, right? Because she accidentally falls into it. It's not like she's actively trying to take a drink out of True. it. True. You know, so True. it could be that, you know, she falls backwards and then hits something that has a corrosive label on it. But, yeah. you know, I think it's more it's more detail than you really need to get into. Which, you know, I, I could see why some critics do say it's it's just an excuse for him to set up these gruesome scenes. And yeah. Um, and then her skin pops open. Her little cheek yeah. just <laughs> flings open, <laughs> and the blood comes out of it. Uh, uh. It's like perfectly triangle piece. <laughs> um, now we're going into a sound effects podcast. That's what we do. Is <laughs> <laughs> we good on that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, that that whole scene I think is is fantastic. Just the the little girl standing in her liquefied mother. And yes. She runs off and, and, you know, opens up the, the door to the rest of the fresh bodies that are about to fall on her. <laughs> and then, you know, it cuts away, you know, she's screaming. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're, you know, we, we have no idea what happened to her. All we're, all that happens is we're at the, the cemetery. Like it just pops up. Yeah. And boom. We're at the cemetery. Right. Um, so then we just assume that, okay, well, the mother little girl, died. the mother died because she got liquefied, yep. but little girl obviously must have gotten out alive. But mm-hmm. isn't that the shot where we go to the little girl and she's got the, she's got the contacts on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So now she's possessed. Yeah. We do. I guess we do got to say the contacts, right? Uh, because we have met Emily at this point. So Emily is a, is actually a pretty major character in the film as well. She's, the one with uh, the dog. Dickie. Emily's the blind idiot Dickie. that's <laughs> r- <laughs> wandering <laughs> down the highway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I'm so glad you brought up the highway too. That's uh, I got a little bit for that too. But yes, uh, so the contacts actually specifically are, oh man, I, I realize after, you know, sitting recording this, I realize I say specifically way too goddamn much. <laughs> it's, it's so goddamn much. But uh, those contacts were actually made of glass and they're blotted oh. out. At the retina, okay, or or at the you know retina and the iris, so you actually are physically blinded. You cannot see past past that spot. And there are a couple of characters that that have that. Right, Emily has it. The little girl ends up with it later, and then at the end of the film, yeah, right, both Liza and uh, you know Doctor John have it as well. That's Doctor John. Yeah, that guy's oh, John. yeah. I didn't know that was Doctor John. Yeah, he's the same one all throughout. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, I did read that like 
you're completely blinded. They're super uncomfortable, which I think you can see in some shots, right? Especially they were saying at the end of the film when both, you know, Dr. John, they actually shot it. They didn't shoot it all chronologically, but the very last scene they shot was the end scene where they're in hell or purgatory, whatever it is. Yeah. And it, it took both Liza and Dr. John forever to get the get the contacts out. Oh, God. I struggle with contacts myself. I couldn't imagine... Uh, like picking out glass, oh. especially when you can't see at all. Yeah, I think I would. I'd probably flip a shit. I probably. Uh, I probably. Flip no shit. wonder he. He just maybe he was really trying to get them to just tear out their eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's we're real. Is <laughs> capture <laughs> record this? His fetish for eye gouging is uh, real. He yeah, wants, he wants it real. There's some eyes lost in this one. But uh, actually, the the scene at the cemetery itself, that's actually a extremely um, – have you ever been to New Orleans? No. No? Nope, not yet. Uh, that's actually St. John's uh, Cemetery. I think we got that right. I've been there before. Actually, I went to a bachelor party last year, and our Airbnb is right next door to it, which is – It's kind <laughs> of freaky. It is freaky. But I'm, a, I'm spooky AF, so I loved it. <laughs> Did you walk so. around? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Um, especially at night, it gets really rough. So. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and those are the cemeteries in, I don't know what what it is about that area down there. Maybe it's just because of the sea level, but all of the graves or mausoleums are above ground, right? There's nothing yeah. in the ground. Yeah. yeah. All it's above. because it's below sea level. Yeah. And it, it's just not, it's not good to do it underneath. I think there's something with the soil too, but um you know, I'm not going to act like I know shit about soil myself. So <laughs> <laughs> we won't we won't start a geology podcast. No, here. no, that would for sure stay away from. I ain't even going to joke about that. Um, but th- that's one thing too that I think is great is the use of the the setting in New Orleans and the use of a lot of the historic parts of the city. Right, sure. It's shot a lot in the French Quarter. So the bar that they meet at is in the French Quarter. Um, Emily's house specifically is in the French Quarter. There you go, saying specifically again. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm just hearing it. The bridge itself, too, is actually uh, Lake Pontchartrain Causeway, which is uh, the largest over continuous body of water bridge. Actually, it got beat out by a bridge in China, which is longer, but that's when the Guinness Book of World Records actually had to split and then do a an award for continuous. Uh, continuous water versus over, you know, I'm sure collectively that bridge is a lot longer, but it's over patches of water. So collectively it's all uh, okay. know, it bigger. It outdoes the causeway, but, you know, Guinness Book of World Records split it off so that it could win that over a continuous body of water. How many miles does it go across? I think it's, I think it's 23, 23 miles one way. So 23 miles, you can't get off? Like, yeah. you better not run out of gas. Do not. Yeah, do not accidentally get on that causeway because you are stuck for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best is actually, uh, you know, New Orleans uh, is just south of Lake Pontchartrain. So you hit that, you hit that causeway and you go over. And then you actually hit um, Abita Springs, which is where you uh-huh. got the beer from, right? That's uh-huh. where it's from. Uh, but then it's in Mandeville specifically is where they shot the, um, where they shot the, where the hotel's located and the shots at. It's actually called the Otis House, which is a uh, um, – oh, I'm sorry. It's Madisonville, not Mandeville. But uh, the Otis House is in is in Madisonville. It's an old historic house. Uh, and in order to make the house actually look really uh, – look older than it than it 
you know, than it really feels, I guess, when you're there, right? Because it's a pr uh, historic house. They, they keep it updated, right? Uh, they actually took sand, and they coated the inside of the house with sand to give it that older feel to it. Sure. They ended up doing a shit ton of damage on oh. the house. Uh-oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Is it a historic site? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a historic location. Yeah. So that's not a good thing to no. be kind of. I'm sure they had to pay. You should not be laughing about that. <laughs> I shouldn't. Kidding. As a as <laughs> a lover. A lover, yeah. I was going to say a homer, but I wasn't born there. But I lived there for four years, so I think I can yeah. be a homer. Well, no. Either way. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> You might be able to get around there, but uh, no uh, Louisiana accent for you. I don't think you're... No. Yeah. I don't no. even have a Texan accent, though, so... What kind Some of accent do you think you have? Uh, pretty neutral. Yeah. At least I don't say A and <laughs> eat any cheese curds, okay, Mr. Minnesota? That's true. Minnesota. That's true. Minnesota. And uh, about. Mm -hmm. About. 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 Fuck it. About. You like our beavers, eh? Yeah. In Minnesota? <laughs> we're, we're all over the place on this one yeah. people think i was actually you on that i'm, I'm sure of it. they must be like oh that was lucas no that was me well I, I guess moving on from that then we end up getting to the part where um liza meets with the uh, real estate agent right or the guy who's helping her fix up the house right uh, i yeah. don't know if he's a general yep. contractor i thought he was a real estate agent but this is the guy that she says i don't have any budget but I want you to do as much as you can. <laughs> he's like, uh, so you're saying? Because he's like throwing out all these yeah. ideas to her. And she's like, I don't have the money for that. I don't have the money for this. But do whatever but you do want. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like a, a blank check, but she pulls it away last second. Uh, yeah. Like, here, <laughs> I want you to do all this work. Uh, and you can do whatever you want, but I don't have any funds to pay you. Yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I d I, again, like that conversation there was just yeah odd it's, it's a interesting one <laughs> well doesn't really matter so much because he dies shortly after yep <laughs> it did not come into play and with uh, i think a, another one is such a fantastic death scene but to set it up he does go to local records right to um what is it he goes to either the library or i didn't know where uh, he was i just knew somewhere with books yeah, he shows up to what is uh, what we can assume is a library or court records, right? Something like that, and he actually gets the uh, the plans, the building plans for the hotel uh, itself, and he has to climb the ladder, and he ends up getting knocked off, hits his head, and out of nowhere, I'll, I'll let you describe. It. How about you yes, describe? It? I'd uh, love what, to know what you're. <laughs> that's about. I mean, you're leading all the way up to it without saying it, but. All of a sudden, you see him start to get attacked by these giant... Well, they weren't really giant. They're just tarantulas. Mm -hmm. But these tarantulas are mean. I mean, they start picking off pieces of him. Yep. And apparently, the guy can't get up. Yep. Uh, well, he does He does hit his head, right? Yeah. He hits his head but he's just... Ground. I mean, he's he seems to be struggling. Yeah. He's awake during the whole tarantula eating. Mm -hmm. But they start grabbing off little pieces of him. And I had to mute that. Really? <laughs> yes, because that background noise. And uh -huh. then there was another spot, too. Uh, this was just, you know, in the the couple scenes prior, I think, when the wife is in the room with with uh, Plumber Joe. Mm -hmm. And 
the guy comes down the hall pushing the cart mm-hmm. and he's like it's so loud screeching oh yeah like it was so loud through my yeah, right, know, the, speaker the, the daughter right the, the daughter redhead she ends up hearing, hearing that, this that squeaky yeah. wheel right yes which was really weird it's good it's supposed to be unsettling it, it was unsettling very thing. unsettling but which the, go ahead i find it really interesting too because well i mean if you you muted it you may not have caught it but they toned down Fritzy's score, right? It still plays that that common thing. The da, na, 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 na. they tone it down so that you and you know amp up the the sound of the tarantulas crunching into his skin and his and his mouth. Uh, and it had to have been you know designed de, you know designed that way, like that because they specifically tone tone the score back so that you can hear that crunching and all that, which is okay. I found so interesting. It's like. You know, the the score is so popular, and, you know, I mean, you put all that effort in the score just to tone it back for that one scene and accent the sound effects on it, which, interesting, but adds to the creep level of it, so I could see why you why you muted it. I just... <laughs> it was just, it, it was like the, it. The, the, uh, the screeching and the mm-hmm. thing that was just so unsettling, but I'm also yeah. the guy that can't stand calling into, like, an automated system and then doing, like... Tell us what mo- movie you want to see. And you're like, well, I want to see blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, or, you know, oh, the perfect example. No, I can't do it. If it's on my phone or like if I'm on speaker or something or I have to like mute it or pull it away. The perfect example I have for this, and this is way off on a tangent, is the movie Signs where those freaking aliens are talking. Click, right. I hate that sound. And those computers trying to figure out your voice tones by their thinking. I, I don't need to hear your wheels spinning, computer. Uh-huh. Don't give me your dumb clicky little sounds. Just mute. I don't need that. That sure is interesting. <laughs> you're, you're hate for... I'm not the only one. Hate for computer noises and shit. Okay. Well, but the same thing with these damn spiders the eating this yeah. guy. It was like, oh, okay, nope, can't do it. Nope, yeah. mute. I'm very much an audiophile. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. I Well, you got all the equipment. I'm just I'm just here for the ride. So <laughs> but I, I mean, I sense. like good sound. Like, good sound means a lot to me, and maybe that's why it's those little... How do you not have a turntable, then? You don't have... You, have, uh, you don't listen to records? No. Records? No, no. Not, I was, not hipster enough. I I'm not... You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was, like, born just after that. Just after that. Grew up past the 8-track stage, so never receded back to... Tapes were enough for me. Yeah. yeah tapes Dude, were tapes uh, pushing it too hard. Tapes suck. That's making a, a comeback, too, but I think it's because those kids that, that buy them now didn't have to grow up on them. And yeah. Don't know how much Good it sucks when them. it comes off the track and you got to <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, with this scene, though, you get the, the best is it's actually a combination. And I feel like, you know, you see it in the 80s, right, or, or even the late 90s, which we'll, we'll talk about later, but – um, you you probably wouldn't notice so much of the fake tarantulas mixed in with the real tarantulas. I don't so think I com- did at all because really? I was watching it. Yeah, I I actually don't think I could have. Uh, I'd have to go back and look more closely. Yeah, maybe it's because I've seen it so many times, and it's it. I'm I am actually ecstatic to hear that you didn't even notice the fake tarantulas because they that it's it's like you ever see isn't it like a vaudeville act where they you know take three or four fake bodies and it's all on the same track as one guy right and you 
you put it on your arms and your legs so it looks like they're walking with you. You know, it looks like that. There are four tarantulas on a stick, <laughs> and they move them mixed oh, with like one or two okay. tarantulas in the front. They're actually real, so it's more of like background filler, right? Um, so they move that. But if you look closely, all the tarantulas move in the same way, aside from the two that are closest and like in the front part of the shot. And then on top of that, the fake tarantulas are the ones that really taken bites out of them. Oh. There we go. <laughs> You're just now on two. We got we got two more, buddy. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to make two more. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, um, so yeah, I didn't even notice the fake tarantulas then. That's that's awesome. I'm, well, I'm glad to hear that. that, that how many real better. tarantulas were there? Uh, uh, I don't know specifically, but I, I think you probably count about three or four in there. Okay, uh, they're more more fake ones than that. But and they're really walking on that poor. Actor dude? A couple of them were. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, and uh, that's a funny thing, too, is uh, I think a lot of people, maybe mm, I might be way overgeneralizing that, but I don't like spiders, mm-hmm. but big spiders don't bother me at all. Really? Like, nah. Tarantulas. Psh. Tarantulas are mostly harmless, too. Yeah. Yeah, Especially unless you piss the them off and they bite you. Ones, yeah, the domesticated ones, they defang them, too. Yeah. So. And I, I don't think they're venomous, right? Most of them aren't uh, venomous. Yeah. They're not going to. So even if they don't bite you, it's probably because you're freaking squeezing them or something. Like they're yeah. like, oh, hey, quit yeah, fight squeezing fight. my exoskeleton. Like stay off of that. We're turning <laughs> to an arachnid podcast now too. Man, we're we're a bunch of different things. Are we gonna get to that movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> arachnophobia. Maybe. No, no, no. That whole scene though, uh, I think what what. Fulci does again that that I love. It's so extended, right? Like there's so much to it. It's it's almost unnecessary the level of mutilation that happens with these, you know, tarantulas biting his eyeball, yes, eye gouging. He got biting off his his cheek, and then one even getting into his and biting his tongue and pulling the tongue out, um, which I'm, I'm sure you you probably could have guessed is. Um, you know, it's a it's a fake head, but interspersed with you know his real head, and in, you know in some shots like his eyes moving, right? So those obviously that's real him. No biting in those scenes though. You know, Trench is just kind of crawling on his face. But then the other scenes where it's it's very obviously latex getting pulled off. Yeah, of his lip. they're like <laughs> yanking it off. Yeah. But again, going back to it, why why is this happening? Yeah. What, what, all this dude was go to the courthouse, library, whatever, and pull out a map mm-hmm. trying to figure out how do I renovate this bathroom and turn it into a ping pong room or whatever the hell he was trying <laughs> to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to get these blueprints. Who needs to shit? I just want to play ping pong. <laughs> Motherfucking ping pong. Yeah, that's, I think that's what his shit? goal was. <laughs> Maybe he wanted to do both at the time, same time. I don't know. Yeah. But how does he – like where do these giant yeah. – flesh-eating spiders come from that kill him? Now, that's a great question, and I think you're thinking a little too much into that. (laughs) But the the scene, right, he does find the page of the plans of the book. Yeah. And then uh, after the tarantulas are done eating his fucking face, you see the page disappears on on the book. And that, you know, goes to show he found the wrong thing. And actually, you know what's really funny, too, is uh, Fulci himself makes an appearance he's the he's the librarian or whatever the guy with the bow tie and oh. he tells him you know hey free reign go look for the fucking book that's oh you. okay not it's really small shot okay 
But honestly, he's not the guy in the bookstore when the other when the lady walks by no, and no, sees. No, no. Okay. No, no, no. The bookstore's different because okay. that's when she sees the Ibon in the yes. window and she goes in to go look at it. The the um, the library is library or you know court records, or, whatever. We, yeah. We, you know, county records. Was. County records. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, they don't have counties; they have parishes. Ah, uh, yeah, that's you know, right. Parish records, but. Um, yeah, uh, that's Fulci there who essentially, I mean, it's, it's a really quick shot. It's, it's just Fulci saying, yeah, go climb up the ladder and grab whatever you want or whatever, you know, and then, then he's gone. But the one thing that really stuck out to me is his dub is probably the worst out of (laughs) any part. I didn't even see that. So bad. (laughs) Shit. When you go back and you watch it for fun, because I know you're going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) He was snickering at me. I'll have you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that whole one is is fun with how ridiculous it is. Like you know, tarantulas coming out of nowhere. And yes, his face. Yep, it really shows it might be an excuse for him to you know Fulci to just make these things. But yeah, but then you know going on from there, we we have a run in with Emily again, our favorite, right? Uh, favorite contact girl, right? Those. Yeah, actually, you mentioned the, you the mean scene the blind of contact girl. Blind contact girl. She couldn't have been able to see shit. <laughs> um, but the scene with her on the Pontchartrain causeways is great. I can't imagine how much they must have had to pay to shut down the causeway for you know those shots of her driving up, and Emily being in the middle of you know in the middle of the causeway. Um, but you know we we see her house one time. Liza goes over that one time where you mentioned she's just playing a piano. Yeah. Uh, playing the piano for her for fun, even though they just walked in the house and she had something to tell her. Um, but then, you know, we're we're met with Emily at her house alone with Dickie, her, her sweet German shepherd. <laughs> yeah. The sweet Such German a sweet shepherd. dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh, right, hear a noise. We hear some rustling. And then all of a sudden... Not one, you know, not our original zombie, but five zombies end up showing up, and it's all the different characters, right? You got Martha, you got Arthur, the two. And I always love saying this, too, is that um, the best is when Liza, uh, when Dr. John asked Liza, why doesn't she just fire the two housekeepers, Arthur and Martha, and she says, fire them? They came with the house. (laughs) Yes. What? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> they came with the house. Exactly. And we're not talking some Gone with the Wind shit. We're talking two definitely Italian actors with terrible dubs that are <laughs> that come with the house. <laughs> this like, southern like, yeah. style house has these. Yeah. Uh, again, housekeepers that come with the house. That that does. I, I find that so funny. But now. They're all zombies, and they're in there, and they're attacking her. I, how about I'll, I'll let you describe what what we should do with this podcast is have you describe the scenes because I, I think the scenes being described by you are just crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I this one I was still trying to figure out what the hell's happening again. Still same thing, and I'm like, okay, she's telling them like, no, I don't want to go with you. Don't banish me. I did what you said, or something like that, and and then she tries to. I think she tries to, or she does hit one of them, or something happens, and it doesn't really do much. Maybe the the zombie like backs off a second, but then they attack her again, and then the dog gets involved somehow, uh, and then dog jumps and then on the him. yeah, yeah, but then the dog bites her. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, wait, hold on. You can't escape hell. Uh, I guess they they're gonna bring you back. Yeah, no. Um, 
Is well, that the, in the that's beginning, kind of right? The take? Okay. Well, in the beginning, right, we see her reading the Ibon when they first the townspeople attack the the original guy right at the beginning, and then Blaster after that, guy. we see that she's got the contacts in and she's become possessed or, or whatever we've we've deemed that as, but she's clearly got some sort of mission, right? They they let her stay in this realm so that she can I don't know do something. Either way, they do show up. The zombies show up, and she tries to get around it. By having Dicky attack you know, <laughs> the zombies. Dicky's the dog. Dicky is it? That's okay. why you don't remember the part. Oh man! No. She's like, "Good boy, Dicky. Good boy, Dicky." <laughs> Where the is whole that? scene with that? And then she's she's get him, Dicky. Dicky, oh, it's Dicky. Get him, Dicky. Get him. Um, I do remember her saying "get him," but not the name. Yeah, I don't know. Dicky. Yeah. And okay. Like, Good boy, it's Dickie. the bad Good dubbing. Dicky. Yeah. Well, that 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 part is pretty crazy. Honestly, she's. I feel like the actress, she's screaming way more than the dub really allows for. So she might be giving her 100%, 110% performance, and the dub makes it look like she's giving it. <laughs> yeah, she's exactly. Giving it 60%. <laughs> See? <laughs> Same thing. But the best part of all that. So in the scene, right, the dog first attacks her throat and then just starts yanking yanking the throat. And this is after, right, so he's, you know, Dickie's attacked the, the original zombie, and he comes back around, and he sits next to her, and then all of a sudden he snaps, and he goes straight for her jugular and rips out her throat, which is another fantastic scene, right? All the latex you can see just getting pulled apart and the blood just leaking out. And so what? You probably got 20, 30 seconds of him just going after her throat and then switching to the ear and then yanking out the ear. Yeah, yep. What did you think of that? Was, that? was that pretty realistic? Was that... No, well, I mean, it's like you could just obviously tell that it was some kind of yeah, plastic, like something like that. But, again, yeah. time frame, Context, whatnot. Yeah. yeah, and the blood looks weird because it's re- really bright. But, mm-hmm. okay, I get what you're going after. See, and uh, you calling this guy, uh, you know, the king of gore, for me, I'm like, hmm, there's so many more gory movies in you know, like current times and whatnot, but I get it because, like, maybe he was probably then, yeah, yeah, at that time, and sure, uh, and at that time, I guess one of the things I thought of too is like, do you think people at that time that saw it in, you know, around this time when it came out in theaters and whatnot, were they scared? Probably. You think I'll so? so. I, like I it mean, frightened them. Does make you think, right? Like when you go back and you watch old black and white. I mean, even you mentioned the Blob. I've seen both the 1980s and the Steve McQueen Blob, which Steve McQueen Blob is is fantastic in its own right. But you know, it's it's a lot cheesier, right? But I think only because we become so accustomed to the you know modern effects, CGI, you know, yeah. all that shit that that make these films more realistic in general right so you go back to where it's you know camera tricks where it's well they must have had gack or something for the original blob that they drop in a you know green screen and then they expand it behind you know steve mcqueen and you know, running away from it but you know so, so for us that looks pretty real di- realistic uh, i mean re- i'm sorry ridiculous the exact opposite of realistic um looks ridiculous but at that time that's what they were familiar with, right? Those are probably really good effects for yeah. the time. So I'd even think maybe the 80s. It's probably scary in its own right because, you know, effects were much more with the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you can put yourself into that kind of time frame, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Getting past the dubs, mm-hmm. getting past that I wasn't 
<laughs> exactly <laughs> able to follow the story. Uh, they just they, and again, they didn't have a, a lot of dialogue mm. in this movie. There was not yep. a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of just I, I don't want to say random shots because they're obviously not random. They're articulated shots by the director. Yeah. But he takes his time with the shots. Yes. So the shots last. They linger longer than, you know, maybe most conventional movies. And that, that I think, is what adds this more to art house horror than it does, you know, especially with the surrealist nature of the of the storyline itself, right? And people say the plot doesn't make sense. Well, it's it's surreal, and that's part of it. Yeah, okay. I, I get that, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's why... Harping too much on the the details, and I'm not saying it because you've done it, but <laughs> but focusing no jab. in too much on the details kind of loses more of the the surrealist or, or big overall, yeah. yeah. The I overall mean, experience, yeah. You know, when we get back to where it all wraps up, and you see that okay, they really ended up in this painting, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, okay, or I is understood it, it, or is it that he? Well, we'll say that for later. Okay. Maybe we spoil it now. The painting is because he's he's actually painting hell, and they show up in hell, right? Not that it, that he found the gateway to hell. He's been to the gateway of hell, and he drew that. He painted that painting, and yeah. we show up. It's not that they're in the painting. It's that they're in hell now. Yeah. yeah or that's purgatory. What, that's what I understood it. Yeah, now they're okay. in hell. Yeah. Okay. I thought They've you were just trying to say they go into the painting like it's some sort of, you know. No, no, no. Twilight yeah. Zone movie. No, I didn't. I, I didn't think it them going into the painting. Just that they've the painting has become actualized. Like yep. uh, this is what it looked like. This is what this dude saw, mm-hmm. plaster guy, you know, a hundred and whatever years ago, and oh shit, this is now open or, <laughs> yeah. Don't go to this hotel. Don't go to room 36. Because it's built on <laughs> the yeah. gateway to hell. Yeah. One of the seven gateways to hell. <laughs> One of the seven. Well, shit. Now we know one of them. Um, well, from there, I guess, to wrap out the, the point I was talking about with the, you know, the attacking of the throat and then attacking the ear, there's a specific reason for that. Apparently, Fulci wanted to give it a um, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil thing. So he goes... She already can't see, right? She's been yeah. blinded by the Ibon. But Dickie goes after her throat, even though she's still screaming bloody fucking murder, <laughs> but goes after her throat and then yanks at the throat and then goes for the ear. And that was the idea Lucci gave behind the tacking the various parts, right? Especially, it seems kind of random. Like he goes after the jugular and then just yanks off a piece of the earlobe, and you're like, Oh, okay. All right. Earlobe too. You're just going after it, dog. But <laughs> that is the backstrap filet mignon of the human body. Oh, the earlobe. Is this for real? <laughs> no, I have, have no we, idea. Have we just now gone into a cannibalism <laughs> podcast? <Is> that <laughs> horror in uh, in horror terms. Yeah. That is that is the primo de primo oh. meat of dehumano. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm intrigued or creeped out. I would be <laughs> creeped out. If I knew that, I would be creeped out. <laughs> You're like, get out. <laughs> well, that dog had a feast then. A little yeah. bit of jugular and then earlobe. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The dog wasn't hungry for a while. Yeah. I mean, she's blind, so she had difficulty finding the food for the bowl. or. 
<laughs> that's no, awful. that's so bad. Yeah, we're gonna have <laughs> blind listeners that fucking well, hate my ass after this. We're not <laughs> laughing at them. That's <laughs> true. That's true. But it is ableism. It is ableism. It's ableism. Ableism. Is it ableism? No. It's you're ableist if you, you know, discriminate against people who aren't as uh, able as you as are. As able, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So well, okay. Handicapped or you know. So we cut all this out. So <laughs> yeah. So we don't get <laughs> protested. <laughs> protested. <laughs> Somebody show up in fucking Plano. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess then moving on. I mean, you get all of them attacking. You know, attacking Emily. That's kind of the the major scene. There is Dickie just rips her to bits, and then we get to the essentially the climax. Right? Is we get. Um, Liza and Dr. John, right? Liza goes back to her house or to the hotel. Spooky shit happening there. And then, you know, you get Dr. John. She links up with Dr. John again. And then that's when they end up at the hospital. Which, yep. uh, well, I guess at the hotel, they end up going down into the basement where they actually enter what, you know, may or may not specifically be the uh, gate of hell. Or the entrance to hell specifically. Is that what you picked up from that too? Or are we just like, why in the fuck are they going to the basement? Now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, they go in. They get transported back there. Mm-hmm. They don't go there specifically. They move through a door in the morgue, and then his oh, yeah, awful right. dubbing. He stands there and he's looking wide-eyed and goes, "This is impossible right. to say <laughs> that after you've just fought off zombies." And seeing a guy die with two shards of glass thrown in his face it, it is a little unbelievable, sir. Yeah, like, like, you've shot zombies. You didn't see this coming? <laughs> Not only that, but your gun automatically refilled about four times mm. from your little six-shooter. Never showed him refilling his gun, mm. by the way. And now... He refilled off-screen. Oh, oh. Yeah. Is that Convenient that excuse, right? Yes. <laughs> no, right? But now... You've been transported from the hospital morgue or whatever back to the hotel, this gate of hell. And now you're going to say to the audience, this is impossible. Yeah. Like now you're <laughs> going to exclaim on how difficult this is to believe that this is happening to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it was preposterous. Yep. That line. Like, uh, I don't know what better line you might have come up with. Mm-hmm. But for him to say that yeah. was just like, dude, <laughs> really? <laughs> like that is not that is the most impossible thing you've seen out of all of this. Exactly. Yeah. Now you're it's noticing true. the impossibilities of this situation, mm-hmm. Doctor John. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also loved right before that. It was right before they went down those stairs. This guy can apparently shoot across a room and hit somebody in the arm mm-hmm. as they're holding his friend, whatever her name was, yeah. Liza. Uh, Blondie. Yes. Uh, the one zombie is holding her in like a head grip, and he can hit the arm, mm-hmm. not just in one spot, but then in another spot right behind it, mm. and, uh, you know, from across the room. So he's a great shot, right? You're like, whoa, this dude's got some training. Yeah. But then he's about two and a half feet from one of them, and he goes to shoot, hand, you know, holds the gun clear up, and he hits him in the chest yeah, yeah. when he's certainly aiming for their heads well yeah especially because they do set it up because he's hit a couple in the head and those are the ones that you see go down so yeah. obviously even if it's a universe where zombies aren't a thing right there are a lot of zombie movies that set that up right especially because yes. 
you know, you, you get the actors, uh, the characters that are like, oh, my God, they will die. And you're like, well, it's a fucking zombie, of course. But, you know, you have to think about the the universe that they've built may not it may not be a thing. So this might be new. And then there are other movies that embrace that. They're like, holy shit, they're fucking zombies. And um, so you do have to look at it like that. It could have been that zombies aren't necessarily a thing. But either way, in this film, they do set it up to where he shoots the one in the head. That one goes down. But then the other ones he shoots in the arms, whatever. Yeah. They don't go down. So you'd even think that deductive reasoning, he'd be like, oh, I got to shoot these fuckers in the head. Yeah. Um, but but you're right. I actually didn't think about that. I didn't think about it. You're right. He he clearly is a good marksman, but then it gets in the <laughs> yes. hallway and it's it's spray fire. Right? And then it's it gets better to... too. The the better part is is the right before they go down into the next door mm-hmm. and go down into this gate. And I don't remember exactly how it happens, but one of the zombies comes from like across the room, and he's just standing there, and he's kind of like alarmed by the zombie oh no it was the zombie that came out of the bag mm-hmm. out of the body bag and grabbed the i think the little girl mm-hmm. or maybe it grabbed liza and he doesn't even turn and pull his gun up he simply does a half court or quarter side turn and this western kind of pull from the holster and shoots it dead on not not just anything but dead on right in the head and that's it he just does this Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, um Quick Draw McGraw. He well he's quick draw McGraw at some points uh-huh. and then other times, you know, two and a half feet, he shoots the the, the zombie three times right in the middle of the yeah. chest. It's three sixty no scope. You know? <laughs> you know three sixty no No, <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, the guy is uh, quite the marksman with the gun at mm. some point. I mean, but if you have believe the it. time to set up the shot, he can't, he can't make it. No. That's what it is. Is he's he's just quick, uh, quick shots are the most accurate for him. He's better he under pressure. Set up. Maybe he's better yeah, under pressure. Maybe. You know, Doctor John. My 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 college grades showed that as well. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I pushed everything off until the last minute, and then you know I write my best papers when I got thirty minutes left to write it. Just oh. saying, better oh. under pressure. You've graduated. You'd That's true. Been I there, done that. Nine years ago now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking more about the zombie universes, too. I absolutely love uh, slow-moving zombies. I think slow-moving zombies are probably some of, Are you more of a fast-moving, like yeah. 28 days later, sprint? That's better. Sprint because, zombies. again, uh, you could have literally just walked by them. Yeah. And none of them look like they were grabbing them. They're just, like, arms down. Yeah. You know, wide-eyed, not wide-eyed, but like droopy-eyed, just like oh. s- mantering around, whatever. They don't even have a purpose. Yeah. Uh, they're just they're lost little individuals. Yeah. Well, maybe for me, it's more than nostalgia. Like I love Night of the Living Dead, right? The original George A. Romero, fantastic. You know, a lot of slow-moving zombies in that one too. But I, I feel like the the one thing that makes it fun is that you can run around it right so if you got one or two around it's not a big deal but when you get in in mass yeah there's no moving right no you don't you, you're you're stuck and you have to pluck them off one by one and they eventually you know overrun you versus i mean you probably get that with the 28 days later type zombies too but you know it's slow moving slow burning but when you get them all in in mass that's what makes the zombie portion of it fun is having to maneuver around it's like a puzzle right figure out how to get around all these zombies versus like you just got to be the fastest to fucking run yeah yeah 
and again, you know, harping on it, uh, the back to the why is this suddenly a zombie movie? Yeah. Like, I didn't think that's where we're going with this, but I don't know. Well, we had the oscilloscope set that up in the beginning. Right? Yeah, we got we got you know a corpse with some brain activity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, oscilloscope. We did set some things up, but yeah, you're right. It's it it does tie back to the the fact that Fulci wanted something else, and the uh, studios wanted a zombie movie, and so he he rewrote it with that. Um, one thing that I did read about him was that he was absolutely fantastic with a budget and with production, and I think that's what I was would, just thinking. Okay. Same would probably go with scripting and working with studios they said he was a really great um middle man between you know the acting and the directing and the the studio side of everything like he okay. could really manage a budget on a which is not something that you think is super cool about directors like yeah he could really manage a budget on that, <laughs> on that <laughs> yeah, that's more of the producer's job isn't it yeah that's yeah, not definitely really more producers you know, work more on the numbers, that sort of thing. And then they have their influence, but it's the directors really make the creative decisions. But, okay. But in his case, he's, uh, I think he's produced a lot at this time as well. Um, actually some of the, uh, some interviews I was, uh, you know, listening to about it, they were saying that he worked on four to five films a year, which is how you probably get 55 films overall, not including his, you know, TV shows he's directed and documentaries and stuff. It's, 55 movies that he's directed (laughs) what what uh you know in giving it context like what's some other people's if we went to like uh you know jj abrams or yeah um i don't know what their catalog looks like. yeah how many probably 10 really i i can't speak to again guessing okay Uh, i mean even you think about some of the more popular directors right i mean tarantino's got one every three years right yeah tarantino's more I would say he's more on the lower side because of his movies are so much more in depth. Mm-hmm. Just when I'm thinking on a on a kind of broader scale. So like you're that. saying that J.J. Abrams is very shallow level. <sighs> yes, my love for J.J. <laughs> Abrams is apparently shining through. Uh, right? No, no, I don't know. Uh, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, just you know, kind of understanding that. I mean, you know, doing a a feature film a year, mm-hmm. I, I would probably understand that's. A lot of work yeah. to have done 55 and at what age i don't know but 55 throughout an entire career yeah it span a career even if it spanned i think it was 40 years uh i think it's more like 20 but he's oh. he's done maybe it was more than that maybe it was about 30 30 to 40 because it seemed like he he did some really early um uh, it, the Italian historical movies were were pretty big as well. You know, you got your bootlegs of Ben Hur or Hercules. You know, those sorts of things that were pretty common as well. Slow, slow moving zombies. That shit is fun to me. It's it's more more of a puzzle versus you know pure raw. You know, running. You know what what you can do to get away from a zombie. But and rounding out the whole film, right? As as we mentioned earlier, they do. Um, work their way deeper into the hospital or the, you know, the morgue, whichever portion that they're at specifically, it seems like they run a little bit of back and forth. There are a lot of hospitals that have, you know, morgues attached to them, obviously. They go to a specific one. Doesn't it? Oh yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of them will do it though. Basement floor, right? So, you know, if you, you actually press what B one or whatever, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah, that's not where you want to be brought in the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, one great one that uh, that does make me think of it is is one we'll we'll watch later too. The Reanimator is such a great film, and actually we started to watch that uh, when you came over to our place when we filmed uh, Drive with Me, Ride with Me, right? Your other podcast. Oh yes, yes, I and do I remember. Had it on in the background, man. Yeah, it's, it's great. I, I remember you were looking at a couple parts, and you're like, "What the fuck are you watching?" <laughs> It's the reanimator. Come yeah. on, man. Uh, great movie. I've probably seen that one a hundred times. But um, you know, same with that though is that there's a whole morgue in the uh, basement. Uh, you know, uh, basement of the hospital specifically. Mm-hmm. So you hit down to that floor and it goes down there. So I think that's a pretty common thing that you'll see with with hospitals. Obviously, they have to have something like that attached. Um, uh, but yes, yeah, so they go. Although this one doesn't have floor specifically i'm pretty certain it's all on the same floor <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. well from the outside in it's not like they gave us a tour Mm-mm. you know hey uh come on in no. dr john's going to give you this tour yeah. um never mind dr harris who died in front of dr john and dr don john didn't even give a shit yeah like dude Survival, man. yeah you gotta get up and you gotta fucking he run. didn't even care he just slung yeah. his gun at the next <laughs> zombie and you know hit him in the arm <laughs> that's true but with that, then they they enter that one, you know, uh, what is it, hallway or or whatever, you know, they go into that. Was it the freezer? Was it the locker? I can't uh, remember specifically what they walk into. But oh uh, yeah, I don't remember. And then boom, it takes them into, you know, hell. Hell. Yeah. Now they go back to the basement. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. And then they're in the painting. Yep. Because they're, they're like, oh shit. And the painting specifically too, right? It's got, you know, those naked bodies yep. laying down there. It's all grim and you know, they walk out a little bit and then, you know, camera pans to the other side and as they're running up to the camera you can see boom, they've got the contacts in and they've you know, they've been possessed or that they've been on the other side now and your eyes are Taken now mutilated. Over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and then there's a voice that says something. Yeah. But I don't remember what it says. I can't even it's it some kind like. of dark, eerie shit that I was like, well, yeah. well, hopefully that fits in somewhere. Yeah. If I went back and really examined everything you said, yeah. <laughs> I might <laughs> understand it. I'll say it's a little different than like Cannibal Holocaust, right? But at the end, he says, you know, this is, we don't know who the real cannibal is. Or I wonder who the real cannibal yeah. is, something like that, where it really kind of wraps the film around together. I don't think it, it, it doesn't really tie it tie a nice bow on it as much as it does like in cannibal holocaust but i think you know them running up to the camera with the the contacts in their eyes right they're they're blurred out you know eyeballs look that's more you know cathartic you know bow tie on it for me that yeah i would i i agree with you there like doing that kind of sets it Mm -hmm. as okay this is the end now you understand that these two people are now in the same place that whatever her name was liz yeah lisa Lisa, Liz, Lisa, and, uh, and you Dr. know, John show up Dr. Yeah. John and Harris and Joe the plumber. Yeah. Wasn't Joe the plumber like a political figure or something at one point? Oh, I don't know. He must have got his name from the film, I'm anyway. sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, one part we skipped over totally, too, is uh, you did get your um, your ginger hate. You get the, the cathartic hate. part. Well, I mean, you said she was creepy. I don't know. You've you've definitely slighted me before a couple <laughs> times where you call me, you know, ginger piece of shit. I've heard you say it. It's usually <laughs> under your breath. But um, we talk about where he shoots her in the fucking head, too. 
You don't, I don't remember him shooting her. Who did? You did? Oh, man. Dr. Dipstick John. Dr. John. Dr. John. He shot the little her, girl. He shoots her well, in the head. He blows know. her fucking brains out. She had it coming. Which, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, she was she was possessed at that point. Oh, I remember her eyes changing, but I don't remember him shooting her. Yeah. It's was a, she it's going after blows his- Blows her fucking brains out. His blonde bombshell that he was- uh, chasing yes. after? Yeah, something like that. Well, I don't remember if it was good for him. him. Yeah. He's being protector. Blows her fucking brains out. And, you know, honestly, it's we're, – we're definitely going to watch Scanners. I'm going to make you watch Scanners if you've never seen that one. But I think it's a head explosion that rivals the head explosion in Scanners. That shit is like he – like he blows all the fucking brain – uh, half of her fucking skull, all that shit. I, I'm so surprised you missed that. You Where was I? Dang millennials looking at their phones right at the most inopportune times. Eating my salmon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, healthy. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, man, yeah, well, like I said, your eventual second watch. And, you know, three to a hundred, whatever you watch in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In that area. Sure. Um, yeah, you got to go back and watch that because uh, the the scene, the exploding head, is is fantastic. And I don't know how they do that that one specifically. I couldn't find um, you know a- any of details on the effects on how that one was done. But I'd have to assume it's got to be something like scanners. With scanners, they actually took a shotgun and blew up. Uh, they shot uh, a replica of the guy's head and they filled it with you know I think it was pig pig intestines. Something sure, like that, so that, it that would make actually sense. Sprays out like that. Um, but the way the way that one looks is so realistic that they had to have shot it with something. So I don't know for sure, but it's great. It's yeah, great. I don't know where I, it was. I'm fucking disappointed that you missed that part. All the rest of the gore, I was just gone to, to bits at that point. Dang, boomers don't know how to get the TV remote working. Is <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> well, okay. So now now we've wrapped up the the whole thing. I would love to know what what were your overall thoughts. Your overall overall thoughts. Overall thoughts on the movie for mm. me. Yep. Like you want an enjoyment level. Yes. Yes. Like on a scale I mean, of that's that's part of this. I want to know what you think about it, not just forcing you to watch these movies and then recount them with me. <laughs> well, I do want to know your thoughts? You that uh, you know the, there was obviously enjoyment, but my enjoyment was more so like this is funny. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and some parts of it I have more appreciation for now in what you're saying. Like in the creativity and how they, <laughs> we <laughs> still got it. a little bit to talk about, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> made it and such, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm probably looking at it more so from a wanting to get the whole story and not just be yeah. grossed out by effects, yeah. you know. Uh, and I didn't get the whole story, so I was like, I uh, kind of failed on that aspect of it. I'm a story man. Yeah. I want to be moved by the story, not just blown away by his fucking spiders eating some guy trying to find county records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 I'll agree with you there. I do think where it lacks in, you know, the storyline, plot, all that, I really think it picks up in, well, well when you at least think of it as in an art piece or or really take into consideration what Fulci wanted to do with it is, is more of that surrealism, right? Yeah. I mean, you know... Uh, the Italian film industry was, you know, just churning out a lot of schlock at the time. I think he wanted to, you know, make this something bigger than that and end up sounds like getting reined in on his on his creativity. 
But um, I think I, I still think whether or not it had the zombies in it is it's a great film. I, I find it I find it fun, and I think uh, even if you look at a film as just fun set pieces for you know, just extreme gore or, you know, just wacky situations. It, it still makes it entertaining. And, um, you know, I'd even say that about some, you know, modern horror movies, right? We've watched Midsummer and, you know, uh, Hereditary, those sorts of movies where, um, you know, a lot of quote-unquote normies, right? Like a lot of uh, friends of mine who have watched it who, on my recommendation, told me that they fucking hated it and they you know won't take recommendations from me anymore it's because it's an experience it's an overall experience and where it might lack in some you know portions of storyline it really makes up for inexperience overall yeah so but not to discount what you're saying at all no 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 totally understand and actually uh your uh, opinions are not far off from Roger Ebert's. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, all right then. Uh, so Roger Ebert included this in his book of most hated movies of all time. Well, I don't see. And I wouldn't say I hated it. Mm. Like I can appreciate it okay. from what yeah. you're saying. Uh, you know, from the artistic standpoint, and it's somebody else's creation. You have to have that. But it just didn't. It didn't speak the story to me. Uh, mm. You did not accurately <laughs> convey <laughs> the story to me mm-hmm. how you were trying to convey it you know uh you had a little bit too uh vague of references or not enough dialogue or mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing and maybe part of it might be that inflection lost mm-hmm. on the dubbing with the dubbing not mm-hmm. to hammer home on the dubbing but yeah. again maybe that's why possibility why why I can appreciate the the whole story with it because I am so used to it at this point. I think further we go along with this podcast, you're gonna be very familiar. <laughs> You'll be very familiar. I with will it. stop bitching at the dubbing. No, no, that's okay. It's it's a totally. I I want obviously your your true you know thoughts on these things, and then like you're I said, I think when we get to 100 episodes, you're gonna be like, yeah, no, no dubbing, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah a lot of people argue that this one is one of Fulci's best um, really it's up against you know City of the Living Dead Zombie a lot of people like House by the Cemetery and then thinking about it now I think I might have gotten the Gates of Hell trilogy wrong I don't think it's Zombie I think Zombie's separate and then it's City of the Living Dead The Beyond and then uh, House by the Cemetery which I think it's those three I'll have to go back and look whatever uh, we, were, we were moving so quick pace I didn't get to look at my notes but um, the, a lot of people argue that this one is uh, his best but the tough thing was I was looking all over the place for what people thought were his best and it's really it seems to be a general tie between those three the zombie is one that really kind of put him on the map which we'll watch and I've told you a little bit about it but we won't, we won't talk about it until we get there. And then City of the Living Dead uh, is my personal favorite. I think it's I think it's just a blast. Um, it's not not that it's looser on the storyline, but it has a set storyline. But it's pretty basic. It's just you know um, zombies, dead priest, you know this this sort of stuff uh, versus this, which tries to get into that more surrealistic. Yeah, yeah. Tries a little bit too hard without giving me enough information. Yeah. What the critics really said are the visuals. The visuals are great, but the story really lacked plot. And yeah, actually, yeah. Fulci said specifically, which I pulled this out, is people who blame the Beyond for its lack of story have not understood uh, that it's a film of images, uh, which must be received without any reflection. They say it's 
very difficult to interpret such a film, but it's very easy to interpret a film uh, with threads. Um, and he goes on to say, any idiot can understand <laughs> Molinaro's <laughs> La Cage a Foul, uh, or even you know Carpenter's Escape from New York, while Beyond or Argento's Inferno are absolute films. So I've seen Escape from New York. I haven't seen the other one. <laughs> so a little lost on me. But either way, he's saying that these are absolute films. Would you call this an absolute film? I do not know what an absolute <laughs> film. Why do you not understand me? I don't know what the hell he's... T- what does he mean by that, an absolute film? Listen, dude. I think to what we're saying. You know, A little too... Experience. It's a full experience. Like he's okay. saying, it's images. It's images. He's evoking a feeling with, with the images of eyes being gouged out, of tarantulas biting faces. Of <laughs> Maybe. Okay, well, and, and I get it. The, the, I, again, I'm going to throw it back to the era. Mm-hmm. It, if he could have done the same thing, maybe now it would maybe have a little bit of different effect on me because, I again, I am such so much of an audiophile that that really throws me askew. I, I I'm not able to read into the story because I can't get into the story because I can't understand what the hell's happening to these people. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what you're doing. What are you talking about? You, yeah. What? what I, I didn't even know who their fucking names. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> because they I have no relation to them. Much. Yeah, like I have no relation to them. I knew Harris's name, I guess, but. Uh, and I don't remember why. Oh, maybe it's because when the doctor, Dr. John, I, I didn't even know that that was the same guy that dies at the end. You know who I thought that was? The actor from Airwolf. I'm like, that's the Air, that's the Airwolf guy. <laughs> I don't know if I knew what you're talking about. Airwolf? <laughs> Airwolf was like a show, a TV show from like the Ooh. mid to late 80s about this freaking awesome helicopter that flew around destroying bad people. Oh, yeah, right. it was... It was. Kick-ass. I thought we go look up his IMDb, and lo and behold, he's he's an actor. From if Airwolf if guy. he's the airwolf guy, that I mean, he <laughs> no, had this like know. furrowed brow, you know, like he had this real intense look. So uh, as soon as I saw him outside of like the morgue situation, I'm like, oh, that's the airwolf guy. Mm-hmm. But in any case, my point is like, I I didn't even relate to these people enough to yeah. think like, who the hell are they? Yeah. What are they? What are they about? Where are their relationships? What What are they? How how are they interconnected mm. between these people? All I know is this lady owns a hotel. This other dude's a doctor. Uh, well, now I know he's a doctor, but yeah. Mr. Harris is a doctor. He's still somewhere trying to figure out his fucking machine to, mm, you know. Oscilloscope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He disappeared when the lady came in to dress her husband. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't know leaves. why he wasn't doing that job. Yeah. Uh, but, and then the other people, they just like, kind of randomly come in. Like, the, this, this guy that's gets mauled by the freaking spiders. I don't know. Yeah. You're supposed to be doing your housework, dude. Yep. But you don't. Well, I mean, he, he doesn't because he can't cause he lost his lips to the yeah, can't crazy really arachnids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think you've you've definitely got some legit concerns for it. I think maybe as a as a Fulci homer, you know, as a Fulci fan at this point I've gotten where it's like I just, you know, enjoy the ride. I enjoy the experience. And 
you know, getting so caught in the minutia and the details of it are a little tough, right? You're not really supposed to care that much about some of these characters. It is, uh, well, aside from Liza and Dr. John, those, those two are the main characters. And then Emily as well. You like Emily, especially when she's getting butchered by Dickie. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you, I like the dog. The dog. But yeah. I didn't know his name. He was a sweet, very well trained. Aside yeah, from, yeah. well, you know, maybe well trained by the zombies, but. <laughs> well trained until he, uh, you know, eats the throat out of his owner. Of his owner, yeah. Mm, you know. So, going into the releases then, like the release of it itself. So, it was originally released in theaters in 1981. Um, that's the original release. Italy alone. Well, actually, uh, I think a couple other countries, but it actually didn't get a release in the U.S. until 1983. Upon the initial release, though, it was said to have made roughly about 660000 Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, grossed roughly 660000 um, But it, um, from what I saw, it didn't necessarily account for the other countries um, in the wider release. It, it looked like it was just, uh, especially because the, the cash was in lira. Or the yeah, the gross was in lira, and then uh, I'd seen some conflicting uh, conflicting details on how much that accounts to for in U.S. dollars. Um, on IMDb, it does say that it's about three hundred thirty thousand. It was like five hundred seventy million lira, something like that. But it accounted for about three hundred thirty thousand. But I was doing some. I actually went and found you know some online calculators for you know lira to um, to the U.S. dollar, and ones that weren't detailed were telling me three hundred thirty thousand. The one that told me in a historic standpoint where you actually put the years in told me six hundred sixty thousand. So not for sure which it is specifically. Yeah, here we go. Five hundred eighty million Italian lira. That's that's what I got out of it. Um, Million, not thousand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Five hundred eighty million, but it's in Italian lira. Yeah. Right. Which that's half. Is a lot of uh, yeah. It must be. <laughs> yeah, I think you could essentially move that decimal point a couple of. Okay. And then it makes, gotcha. then it makes U.S. dollar, but you know, like I said, it came out to six hundred eighty thousand dollar budget in the eighties. If we're talking about. Well, that's how much they made it for. Yes. So six hundred eighty grand. Yes. Okay. So how much did it make? Uh, then the gross was six hundred sixty thousand. Oh well. man, they lost money. Now that's like I said though. What I got was just Italy's numbers. I okay. I, I didn't get the on the Worldwide. wider release necessarily. Um, like I said, doesn't account necessarily for the wider release. Um, and with that, there were some struggles with it because in the UK. Uh, the video nasties, right? They they they're coming to get every one of these Italian horror movies. Uh, it was listed as a video nasty, just like Cannibal Holocaust. And so there was a period of time where it was on the list, and it actually didn't get a release until 2001, when it was released on home video <laughs> for the UK. So it took a while before it actually got released. So, you know, getting released in the UK probably could have affected that number big time. Apparently, it was really popular in Spain, but I could not get the numbers for what that looked like in Spain. Uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned, the U.S. got a different version of it, mm. and it wasn't released until two years later. Uh, 83. So 1983, yep. And uh, it was released under a different name. It was released under the uh, Seven Doors of Death. Uh, like I mentioned, though, cut cuts out Fritzi's score and then ran several minutes shorter than Fulci's cut in order to reach an R rating. Um, I haven't seen that cut. 
I'd be really curious to actually watch that cut and, you know, see what the score sounds like and yeah. see what, what parts specifically they cut out. It must be, you know, some eye gouging scenes or something that they, they had to have cut. But it did cut out those uh, that part in order to just get the R rating. And then a Fulci's actual cut wasn't released in the U.S. until 1998. So it did get a re-release where they released it uncut. Um, and with that, they also, uh, I thought this was pretty interesting, they angli- uh, anglicized. Angl- anglicized? I don't know. They anglicized some of the names to make them sound more American. <laughs> So Fulci was changed to Louis Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. Louis Fuller. Louis. Now, what was really interesting is Aquarius releasing uh, Screen the Film for Toby Hooper, which you familiar with Toby Hooper? Nope. No? Okay. Well, we'll, we'll watch more Toby of his cat. films. Toby Hooper. Yeah, Toby, you're a cat. <laughs> That's all you're thinking about. Is yep. You just miss his grumpy little face, huh? Over here <laughs> yeah, too long. Grumpy little face. Uh, Toby Hooper did uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and then he did Poltergeist, which oh, that's shit. a fun okay. one. Everybody thought Spielberg did, you know. Um, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. It was Toby Hooper. Oh. Uh, they used Spielberg's name because I think Toby Hooper had done too many movies. Um, I'm not going to act like I know all the details on that one. But um, if you're working on too many, when an actor's on a, in a film guild, in the Actors Guild. Screen Actors Guild? Uh-uh. Yeah, when they're, it's a SAG film, right, and they don't allow, you basically have to wait, when you're a SAG actor, you have to wait for a while, right? Mm, I don't know. Maybe You know just, more than me. cut this whole fucking part out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. But Toby Hooper actually really did do Poltergeist, and it wasn't, it wasn't Spielberg. So he's done a lot, but it, it, he praised it, and they actually took some of his praise and his quotes and used it in their marketing. And then uh, that run was said to have grossed about six, uh, 700000 in the U.S. Okay. So a couple of years later, 700000 So uh, even if they lost money specifically in Italy, they made up for it. You know, Is in, Fulci in still alive? No, Fulci's dead. When Fulci did he die? Away. Uh, I think it was 20. 2014, 2009. Oh, it's not too long ago. No, it wasn't wasn't incredibly long ago. So Um, he might have made some money to enjoy at some point. Well, he made 55 films, I guess, so. Yeah, although his later films uh, did show a a bit of a decline, and he had some health issues, um, which I think is what he ultimately died from. He had uh, diabetes, if I'm not mistaken, and had a lot of complications with it later. Ended up having to leave Zombie 3, which is Zombie 2, but as I mentioned, you know, they do the Italians yeah. like to market based on popular films and, you know, make unofficial sequels for, <laughs> for films. So, so Zombie uh, 1 is supposed to be Dawn of the Dead, which, you know, in Italy was titled Zombie. And so they made Zombie 2, which is Fulci's first, Zombie 1. And then they made Zombie 3, which is Zombie 2, <laughs> Fulci's second of the series. Yep, you need a map. Yeah, it, it is a bit of a map. But fun part about this wait where was i um yeah this was uh tarantino's favorite horror film so we we got this again right tarantino was a fan of you know cannibal holocaust but uh tarantino's favorite horror film at the time in 1983 and actually quoted as saying that the film and fulci were a large inspiration to to him as well and his company, Rolling Thunder Pictures, actually helped with the release of Fulci's Cut in 1998, hmm. 
which okay. uh, was, like I said, the uncut version, right? They, they released that full uncut version. Uh, they actually did it as a series of midnight screenings across the U.S. that netted them of actually about 120000 in the box office. So, you know, you got the release two years later after the initial release in Italy, and then they released it again for midnight screenings in 1998 and then really helped develop a cult following of, of the film. Huh. So the actual Gates of Hell trilogy is not zombie and City of the Living Dead and House by Cemetery, but um, the the original Gates of the Gates of Hell trilogy is actually City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, and then House by the Cemetery. Those are the three films that make up the that make up the Gates of Hell trilogy, and we're gonna watch all three of them, and then we'll also watch Zombie, but Zombie didn't didn't necessarily fit into. But they're all. Separate independent films anyway, but they have to deal with a common theme. Yep. Okay, fair theme, enough. Which is Gates of Hell. Yeah. All right. Uh, so your final thoughts were, you know, entertaining. Is yeah. that what I got from you? You're entertained. A little lacking on the plot. Yeah, totally lacking on the plot. And, uh, yeah, entertaining, you know, up until the point where I'm starting to wonder how long this movie is going to take. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, uh, let's get to it because I want to know what you're driving at because yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that was kind of the overall take of it. Um, and again, visually, uh, looking back on it now, from what you've told me, you know, mm. have more appreciation now. But watching it first time, not knowing any of that info, just, yep. yeah. I think that's one of the best ways to go into it, though, right, is is not knowing the plot. I mean, obviously, because there's not, you know, it's it's thin. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's thin. But maybe even setting it up with whoever you show it to, right, as like, hey, don't focus so much on the plot. It's more about the visuals, more about the fun. Might be a way of of sharing it with, you know, somebody who's, uh, hesitant in watching, you know, horror films, let alone, you know, foreign horror films. But I think that might be the final way to look at this film mm-hmm. and to kind of go out. Like, if you're going to watch this, if you haven't watched this, and you want to watch this still, even after you've heard us talk about it, ramble on about it, mm-hmm. go into it thinking, okay, I'm just going to pay attention to what I'm seeing. Yeah. I don't really need to understand so much of what I'm hearing from the characters, let's just pay attention to kind of the visuals. What are they trying to say through the visuals and the visual effects and whatnot? So, yeah. yeah. Or you happen to catch it in a midnight show. I can't say. I usually keep up with what the midnight showings are, you know, here at Inwood Theater, you know, the theaters in Dallas that, that like to show, you know, midnight screenings of cult classics. And I can't say I've seen this one pop up. But, no, I mean, obviously it's pretty lucrative if Tarantino and his production company can, you know, run a, you know, series of them and make $120,000 on, you know, on just those those showings alone. But if you get a chance to see it in a midnight showing, have a couple drinks, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, one or maybe ten beers, <laughs> put them back. Story will make so much more sense and, you know, you know, just the gore. The gore is so fucking great. It's so well done. That I think really, really elevates the movie beyond, you know, a a thin storyline or, um, you know, kind of wacky direction on it. I think it's uh, Fulci was great at really dramatizing a scene, right? Like I said, with those wide shots to the snap zoom and then, you know, really lingering and all that, that, um, 
you know, that, that blood and gore, and it really uh, it keeps it entertaining. So you're definitely entertained throughout whether or not you find the story to be that that fantastic. The gore is just the gore is just done. Uh, it's it's well done. It's yeah. amazing. I'm, I'm, I'll give you that. Agree with that. Yeah. Look at that. We found some common ground on this one. <laughs> yeah. Not that we're always <laughs> going to find common ground on these movies, but or that we're aiming to. No. Yeah. yeah precisely. I I just want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. As, you know, I'm a nerd. I'm gonna love everyone we watch, and I actually spe- specifically pick ones that <laughs> that uh, on the fringe. Well, I think until we get to some later films, which we'll probably do ones like a Serbian film and some that are just nasty for the sake of being nasty. But uh, this one, I don't think it's that. I think it's artfully done, fantastic gore, especially for the time frame. And uh, it's fun. It's entertaining. Yeah. It was good. Did you agree? Yeah. You were entertained? Yeah, I was entertained. I'll yeah. give you that. That works for me. All right, that was the Beyond. You know, another another fun one for episode two. Huh? Yeah, that was a good one. It wasn't as fucked up, but there's some surrealist type shit in there that I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad you know. I think you've got some messed up shit coming up, so <laughs> I'm not that worried about it. But yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it's getting downhill from here. Yeah. So turn it turn it up right now. Uh-huh. Turn it up. Are you sure you want to open that door? Turn it up. You want yep. to open that door? Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you for listening. I definitely appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to us talk about this bullshit here. Uh, subscribe and leave a review if you liked it, if you enjoyed the show. And, uh, you know, obviously follow us up on all the social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, at Horrible Podcast. We definitely appreciate you having you here with us. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time.